Blog Talk Radio. And she's a good friend of ours, 
and uh, she could use a little bit of help. So, ladies and gentlemen, I bring on Deborah Richards. Hey, guys. Hey, this is Deborah Richards, and you're listening to The Attitude Era, live with your host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hey, guys, how are you all? Well, good. Hey, how are you? Good. It's good to have you back here. Uh, we got about uh, 10 minutes here before our first uh, guest calls in, so... Uh, you know, you uh, you were nice enough to uh, to come on our show in the past, and uh, uh, we understand well, you guys were nice enough little... to have me. Yeah, you know, and we understand that you're in a little bit of a bind. So, uh, if you could tell us uh, about your little uh, fundraiser thing, we'd love to be able to help you out. So, tell us about your new yeah. website and uh, sure. your fundraiser. We'll see if we can get our fans so, to help you out. Go ahead. Okay, great. Well, as you guys know, I'm a writer-director from Las Vegas. I'm a four-time Emmy winner, and I'm a little bit down on my luck right now, to be honest with the. I mean, I know we're all struggling with the whole COVID situation, and it's driving us all crazy, and we're all in the same boat, but I, I feel like I'm in this really weird predicament because I'm actually British, and I've been living in Las Vegas for 20 years. So because I'm British, I can't get unemployment, I can't get the stimulus check, I can't get food stamps, and all of my business just basically shut up a couple months ago like everyone else, and I'll be, I'll be honest, guys, I'm struggling really, really hard. So, so what I've done is I've put together, I've redone my website, and it's debbieandpink.com. That's D-E-B-B-I-I-N-P-I-N-K. Debbieandpink.com. And what I've done is I've put up all of my short movies on there for free for anyone to watch. And I've just put a donate button at the top. So if there's, uh, And when you press that donate button, it will take you straight through to PayPal. And honestly, any penny helps. Right now, I'm just trying to keep the lights on, but... You know, I put so much time and effort and money and love into the short movies and commercials and videos that I make that um, if anyone is a fan, now would be the time to uh, show me some. And, you know, I I definitely like the idea. Um, I think it's it's a great idea. Um, I mean, I know that this is a tough time for everybody, uh, especially financially, some more so than others. Um, you know, that there is benefits that we as Americans take for granted, um, such as the unemployment benefits, such as the stimulus checks, such as the, you know, all those things that uh, not everybody that is actually living here can get. So I, I do understand uh, where you're coming from in that regard. Yeah, and the stimulus check was a real big thing because, you know, I've, I've never asked for help from people, and it's very humbling and it's very embarrassing to ask for help. But I it's really not though, because I mean, sometimes everybody everybody needs a helping hand every once in a while. I mean, nobody's ever going to be able to be absolutely, you know, perfect with what they want to do in their life. And you know, we right. see it all the time with with you know, put it this way: I'm a sports sports guy. I have you know my sports talk show in the mornings and a radio play by play guy, and I see it all the time with sports and athletes, you know, where somebody's a little down on their luck. They're having a bad game. They're having, you know, they, they miss a free throw, uh, you know, in a clutch situation or, or they, they, they lose the ball on a steal or something like that. It doesn't make them a bad player. They just had a bad game. And in this situation, it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person or less of a person. You just 
have a situation that's bad right now. So anybody who, who is out there listening, uh, if you would like to donate, make sure you, you click that and uh, we, we will give you guys the, the link to that as well. Uh, also, if you want to plug it a couple more times here as to where they have to go to yeah, do that, sure. uh, that would that be great. Link one more time. Yeah, let me read yeah. that link one more time. It's debbieandpink.com, D-E-B-I-E-N-P-I-N-K. Yeah, I-N-P-I-N-K. No E. Two eyes in the middle. Looks Swedish. Looks weird. But Debbie and Pink. Debbie and Pink. Okay. Debbie and Pink. Okay. So it's D-E-B-I-N-P-I-N-K. Debbie and Pink. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. I'll throw in this little bonus for all your listeners, okay? Maybe you donate or not. I'll just throw this out there, okay? On my website. There is one link that says Dark Lights, right? That is my new movie that I'm working on, and there's a rough cut of the first 10 minutes. So um, it's password protected, but I'm just going to, like, no one has seen this. No one has seen this, okay? This is me now, okay? So I'm going to let your listeners watch a rough cut if they like, and they, they just need a password for it, and the password is Sundance. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. So now, it's, uh, uh, it's like a 10 minutes of horror. So, um, you know, I, and I've been working on that for like two years. So, uh, so it's kind of like it's nearly ready. It's like 99% ready. But you can watch a quick rough cut there um, as a little gift for me to use. Awesome. And, uh, awesome. And, and yeah. we will definitely try to get on that. And uh, I'll try to, you know, pump it on, on some of my, my media platforms on the radio around here as well. Uh, and you know, hopefully, people can you know all come together in this in this time of uh, uncertainty and uh, and and get everything going. Uh, one thing, quick, and I know I kind you've been chomping at the bit to ask her something. I want to ask her something a little bit irrelevant to her situation, but but relevant in the yeah. minds of all of us. You live out in Las Vegas, um, right? Obviously, one of, one of the biggest media and entertainment capitals probably in the world. Uh, is there any uh, a- any rumor out there um, about you know? Is there any anything out there about when Vegas is going to open back up and open up that strip? Right. Well, well, <laughs> Vegas is crazy, okay? Because um, if you think about it, Vegas is probably going to be the hardest hit city in America um, mm. economically from this. Because if you look at the business model for Las Vegas. One in three people work in the hospitality industry, and the business model relies on shipping people from all around the world all day long to a four-mile square strip, which is just a recipe for for just disaster with COVID, right? So this city is going to have a hard time reopening, and they're doing it in phases like everywhere else, I guess, and we're on Mm -hmm. uh, phase one open now. But mm-hmm. uh, the casino is still. See, I live in New York, uh, and New York, New York's another crazy melting pot of a city as well. Um, right. And and I know I know that sometimes that that, that can be that can be kind of tough. Um, plus, I know I know your your, your governor is kind of goofy out there, or your mayor is kind of goofy out there too. <laughs> but, <laughs> Aren't they all goofy? On all the a little bit. On all the uh, the mayors and the the, the the politicians and all of those, everyone, they're all just crazy. So, um, but yeah, no, Vegas, I mean, we're, you know, it's, uh, we're, you know, hashtag Vegas strong. I mean, it was only a couple of days ago that I put on my Facebook. I, I actually put out a post on Facebook a few days ago saying um, to the first three small businesses that contact me in Las Vegas, I'll make them a free commercial. 
and I just wanted to pay it forward and, you know, help kickstart Las Vegas. I've been here a long time. I'm super proud of this town. I love this town. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be hit hard. I think what you'll see is as months roll on and this year turns to next, I think you'll see Vegas to be the last city in America to to get back on its feet from this. This is going to be devastating for us. And uh, uh, we, we get we we get about uh, three minutes here before our, our our next guest calls in. But you know, Debbie, you know uh, we're going to do whatever we can to help you out. Uh, Thank and, you. And uh, I know that a lot of people think that this next statement will make it uh, look like I'm trying to uh, uh, what is it quid pro quo, whatever the heck they call that. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Big Swing and I are still looking forward to. Uh, uh, having a cameo in one of your uh, your next films when you uh, set that up, we're uh, we're ready to come out there and help you out. That'd be awesome. Well, well let me give you a little uh, preview of what that what that's going to look like. Like I said, if you go on my website and you go to that link that says Dark Lights, that uh-huh. ten minute short that I'm working on that's uh, password protected with the password pendant. That is a proof of concept for my um, debut feature film. So the, the 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 big movie that I'm working on, um, this is like a little movie that we do like a proof of concept kind of, you know, show the theme and vibe and mood. And it's a vampire horror thing. So if you watch that and, and we can get this off the ground, then um, who knows, maybe you guys will be in the feature film as vampires. Hey, Big Swing, would you be down for that? Uh, yeah, I'm down for whatever, man. I'm cool with it. I think you'd make uh, a good vampire big swing. What are your big, vampire uh, qualities, big swing? Yeah, uh, I mean, that, uh, I'm, I'm very persistent. Um, I, I prefer to be awake at night. Um, I'm not a huge fan of garlic. Um, there you go. Blood does freak me out, though. Blood does freak me out, so I don't know if I can handle that. But well, you know, I can get around it. Maybe you could set the scene up like uh, the the icon uh, quarantine's big swing uh, uh, in the movie. He he's the savior. Uh, the big swing is the guy that's uh, uh, he's uh, haunting the town, and the icon is the one that uh, uh, tracks him down and saves everybody from going under. That would be awesome. You see, and then uh, you see, I don't Granny know, I don't know why you guys even need me. You got this wrapped up. You got this under control. And, and Granny Hulkster could be in her living room uh, cheering me on the news. <laughs> <laughs> Sound good to you, Granny? Well, you know, hey, if you needed me in a part of your movie, you know, maybe I could come back to Vegas and be some sort of cameo or something in the movie, you know. Hey, that's the one great thing about Vegas, you know, and getting uh, people to be in your movie when you live out here. Is everyone loves coming to Vegas. Well, I've only been to Vegas uh, one time in my life, and I didn't get to see much of it because I was there for a convention last year. So I didn't get to see a lot of it. So I'm hoping to be able to come back at some point in time. Oh, my gosh. Well, you guys all got to come over here. Come stay with me. I'll show you the town, and uh, I'm sure I'll get your part in the movie somewhere somewhere along the line. Hey, now, real quick here, uh, because I know our our, our guest is on, but here's how I picture it, Debbie. Uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll find a way to get out there. Uh, you know, you put us in the movie, uh, you make us famous, uh, and then uh, you can show us the town wall, being like a limousine, and then uh, 
you know, of course we'll show we'll we'll shove big swing out first, and then Granny Harder, <laughs> and then uh, then you'll step out of the limo, and then uh, you guys will all be tunneling up, and then the icon comes out. That's that's how we do it in the seven oh two. Awesome, Debbie. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll I'll stay in touch with you, and uh, hey, uh, if we have to have you on in a couple weeks again uh, to get you more people, we'll we'll do whatever we can. We love you, Debbie, and uh, we know that you love us and uh, Godspeed. And uh, uh, let's get this done for you. Always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, uh, Debbie. Be safe. And uh, yeah, guys, once again, DebbieandPink.com. Hit the donate button if you like what you see. Thank you so much. And, and once again, Debbie in pink, no E, D E B I I N P I N K dot com. Go on you and check it. it out. You got Thanks, it. Thanks, Debbie. Awesome, Have a great day. Thanks, Debbie. You as well. So yeah, so that, that, that that's a awesome. pretty cool, pretty cool cause. I mean, you know, it's always always fun to hear from her uh, as well. So I'm with it. Now, but you get you guys, if if we could get out there together. Uh, you guys would be willing to make a make a cameo in her movie, wouldn't you? I mean, if it goes if it goes sure. mainstream. Sure. Icon, are you allowed to leave the state? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, speaking of that real quick, because I know our, our our guest is on. Uh, the, our, we had to postpone our wedding a year. Uh, you know, because uh, I know you guys were figuring that you couldn't come out, so I'm going to postpone a year so you guys will have to come out because uh, you get oh, a little man. year to plan it. But uh, because of what's going on here. Uh, the venue that we had planned, they uh, they canceled all bookings through October, so uh, we just had to postpone it. Sorry to hear it that. Happened. It happens. It happens. I am sad about that. But it, it does. Guess, it does happen. Is on, we're uh, we're uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, do this. Is he on? Uh, let me check the switchboards. Four one four. Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is here to officiate this next match, and we hope that it's a clean count. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you without further ado, he is Chris Reuter. Hey, this is Chris Reuter. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with the hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. How are you, buddy? Good to have you. Oh, man. Uh, today's been one weird day. I get to my work building because, yeah, I'm still working in all this chaos, and I find out the building there is flooded. So <laughs> now I'm being forced to work from home, which, hey, works even better for me, I think. So let me ask you this. Uh, whoever flooded the building, are you going to disqualify him in the next match? Definitely going to disqualify him. That was blatant use of a foreign object in my building, and I'm not standing for that. <laughs> well, we have uh, we have Chris Reiter's our guest here. Um, here's what we're going to do. If you want to give us a little, a quick little background about yourself, we got about uh, 27 minutes here with you. If you want to give us a little background, I'll ask you some questions. We'll kind of go around the room, and then uh, we'll come back to me. I'll ask you the hard-hitting questions. Sure. I'm a referee from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, trained by Frank DeFalco, who you probably all know and loathe. (laughs) Um, I've been doing this for about three years now, and I've gone all over the Midwest and even had a little cameo in Texas on Reality of Wrestling. So, yeah, it's been a 
been a wild ride, to say the least. And, uh, you know, in your tenure in the business, becoming a referee, uh, was it uh, was it always your goal to become a referee, or did you, uh, did you ever want to become a wrestler, too? Or uh, is that something that you're building up towards? I actually started trying to become a wrestler, but um, at camp I couldn't take hip toss bumps correctly, and I kept landing on, like, the top of my hip bone. So after a while of hurting myself, I turned to my trainer, and I'm like, look, this isn't working out for me, so maybe I should be a referee. And at the time it really worked for me because we were quickly running out of referees for some reason. And, yeah, got a job out of that. Nice. Uh, Chris Wright Chris is our guest here. we got about uh, 25 minutes here with Chris. I'm going to ask you another one more question. I'm going to go around the room and then we'll come back to me. Uh, so now I'm just kind of curious. As a referee, uh, how do you uh, uh, how do you classify yourself? Are you like a uh, Nick Patrick, that heel referee? Are you like Charles Robinson, the referee that everybody loves? Or are you like uh, are you like a Dave Hebner, the one, one guy that will screw Bret Hart every time he's in an arena? Um... I kind of think of myself as my own thing because I have this really douchey look to me, apparently, that everyone hates. Like, I try and keep everything down. Yeah, I got it. Does that, does that sound familiar? For no reason. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't know what it is. People just hate the way I look. Well, you know, I, I don't have an issue with the way you look, but, well, Granny, he's not he's not quite a heel, but people dislike him. So what do you have for our guest? Chris Rodder, we have 24 minutes. Go ahead, Granny. Well, hi, Chris. I'm Granny Holkstra. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a big fan of the sport. And sometimes, um, you know, I have to pick on the referees a little bit. There's a referee here in uh, over in Oklahoma that I, I uh, give grief to a lot. I keep asking him if he needs to wear my glasses so he can see what he's doing. But he's really one of my best friends. So I don't think I'd give you too much grief, but, you know, I'd have to I'd have to see you work. You need to come to Arkansas, you know, so I can see you referee a match and then you can see me holler at all the bad guys because I like to holler at the heels so and I do it pretty good too um what so she says see I'm trying I'm trying to think the really good question to ask you um what has been your favorite match that you've ever refereed and since you've been a referee what's been your favorite match oof Probably anything I've done with the Beer City Bruiser, because you know, being uh, co-trained under a Ring of Honor star like that, and being able to mm-hmm. referee his matches, that's been one of the biggest things in my heart so far. Awesome, awesome. And if you could hook us up with him, we'd be grateful. With Bruiser, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, if if I could, I would, but I don't know what he can do outside of his contract. I don't really ask him, so I don't know. Well, that, well, that's okay. I just thought I thought throw it out there, or you know, if you can uh, hook us up with anybody from uh, your wrestling uh, organization, that'd be awesome. Uh, we have uh, Chris Rogers, our guest here, uh, and uh, he's going to pin us down. Uh, We'll uh, we'll move along here, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll go to one, and then we'll go to the other. Uh, as much as I have uh, not wanting to. Well, he uh, he dropped off. He dropped off. I don't know if he's coming back on, but he's off now. 
Well, uh, Chris, what do you or big cheese, big swing? What do you got for our guest there? Go ahead. Well, so you said that you um, you, you wanted to be a wrestler, but you know, obviously with, with camp and everything, weren't taking the bumps as well and stuff. Do you find it to be as rewarding being a ref uh, and still being involved in the overall process and final decisions of a match? Uh, or, or do you really think that, you know, your passion is wrestling. You just couldn't, you know, you, you, you couldn't do it. Oh no, I feel this is just as rewarding, honestly, because like you said, my, my decision is the final one. And without someone like me, there literally can't be a match. Like, Name for me any match that has absolutely no referee. It's an essential part um, of Well, other than an unsanctioned match or a street fight, I can't think of one. Well, I mean, they're still kind of there to just say, oh, this guy won, you know, usually. Yeah, true. Um, well, have you, been, have you been in any kind of – I know um, Icon brought up uh, Nick Patrick's situation. There's also another one that comes to mind as an Earl Hebner. Um, ha- have you been involved in any – uh, very controversial referee decisions, and uh, what was probably your, your favorite referee moment uh, calling a match? Oh, yes. I have been involved in a screw job, and it was actually on one of my best friends in the wrestling business, Onyx Andrade. It wasn't in Montreal, though, right? Oh, no, it wasn't in Montreal. If it was in Montreal, that would have been even better, but, you know, uh. in my own hometown, though. What happened? Take, take us through it. Um, He was wrestling against I think it was Robbie E, and I threw the match on him on purpose. He oh. had Robbie in a sharpshooter, and as soon as Robbie started tapping, I walked around and looked Onyx dead in the eyes and smirked at him. And he just lets go of the hold, gets punched in the nuts, one, two, three. So someone was stealing my finishing maneuver. I guess so. If your finishing maneuver is the punch in the nuts, yeah. It's called, don't it's, ask it's us why, the, but but it is. It's, it's an effective one. I'll give him that. Yeah, it's called the junk punch him in the man business. But here's the <laughs> but here's the thing though, Icon. Um, nine times out of ten, that's a disqualification. So you technically lose the match, not win the match. Well, that's why the referee's back has got to be turned. Yeah, exactly. uh, but if it's a good referee, they've got eyes in the back of their head. Well, I guess. I yeah, but like the old yet, sa- so. like the old saying goes, guys, it's only cheating when you, if you get caught. Exactly. Just ask uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, what's that jackass from the Saints? Drew uh, um, Brees. Yeah, that piece of crap. Anyway, I love uh, how you throw my interview. team's quarterback under the bus like that. That's just amazing. You you don't understand. He's from Fargo, North Dakota, and I guess the closest team, the the, the closest team to them is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and and I, I think it's just inherent in every Minnesota Vikings fan to hate Aaron Rodgers because he's been kicking their ass for so many years. So that's probably what it is. Yeah, that's, that's about the same as everybody from Chicago, but the feeling's kind of mutual on our end too. So yeah, but yeah, they have I hear more wins over both teams than either. So. I guess I come out and on top of and this. And see, well, 
I'm I'm from Arkansas, and I'm a big. I'm originally from Kansas, so I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. She's a Raiders fan. fan. Don't like the cow. No. no, I'm not a Raiders fan. Don't you lie to him. I hate the Raiders, and I hate the Cowboys. So yeah, I you hate, see, I'm hate, a big Cowboys and fan, and I hate the New England Patriots too. So. Well, everybody does. The the the, the, the Patriots. And I'm gonna hate the, the Tampa Bay. I don't even really like Tampa Bay, and that was before Brady went with them. So you know, now, that's now one more reason that. why add I add to the hate list. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's one more reason yeah. why I don't have to like the Tampa Bay either. But I'm a big huge well, Chiefs fan. Love my Chiefs. Here's the thing about the Cowboys, though, and the only thing that irritates me about the Packers is the fact that, you know, the, the, the Cowboys have, we just, for whatever reason, we could have the best season in the world. We could go 15-1, and one, and our only loss would be to the Packers. We just, for whatever, the last six years, between Romo and Dak, whoever it is, we just can't seem to beat Green Bay. We beat them that one year in Lambeau. Other than that, they beat us in the playoffs, they beat us in the regular season three out of the last four years. We just cannot beat Green Bay. So it's kind of been the Achilles heel for us well i tell you what chris before we before we before i really disrail this with this next comment i'm gonna get do it because we got 17 minutes with you i i love you i know it's not a football show it's a wrestling show but uh i just gotta say big swing of course you guys are gonna lose uh thanksgiving weekend because we play you that sunday and uh, you guys, uh, Green Bay's going to lose opening day because uh, we play you guys first out of the shoot. Uh, unfortunately, there'll probably be no fans in the stands the way things are going. But anyway, uh, the, what they can do is they can just blame me because I usually want to do my comedy shows. I usually have no fans in the stands either, so I know how to clear out a room. Anyway, back to back to Chris Ruders, our guest here, referee extraordinaire. Now, uh, I'm just kind of curious about uh, a couple things, and some of our fans have uh, sent in some questions. Uh, you know, uh, about some of your profile pictures, uh, you know, uh, there's like uh, one picture they were asking, like, do you, uh, do you still do that half-shaped head thing, or is that just like a, a short-time thing? Uh, I technically have all the sides shaved now and just the top of it left back. But, yeah, it's pretty much been a full-time thing for the last um, four years. Before that, my hair was pretty much all the way down to my ass. so And I had that for and, 10 years, so I, I, just, I decided it was time to change from that, too. I kind of used to have long hair, too, right? I still What's do, that? actually. Oh, you still do have long hair? I thought you cut it. All right. No, uh, not It's yet. not that long, but it's not short by any means, so... And uh, the other uh, question that uh, one of our fans uh, asked was uh, uh, that uh, they thought it was kind of cool that you have a you have a tattoo just before your ear. They were wondering what that was. Is that was a symbol for something or uh, something uh, to remember you by? What what was that? What is that? It's actually the logo for the Insane Clown Posse, and I've been meaning to get this um, covered up for years because I asked um, Adam Pierce in a seminar if WWE had any problems with tattoos, and he said, as a referee, they wouldn't have problems with the tattoo. It's just that specific tattoo, because it's a brand, you would need to cover that up somehow. And, yeah, it's pretty much just part of the music that I love. That's what it's been for. Yeah. Do you do any of the Juggalo stuff, like paint your face or any of that? I used to, but I'm too cheap to afford even the cheap makeup anymore. So uh, I, I hear you. 
Uh, well, uh, I, I was gonna make. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'm, uh, I'll save that till the end because uh, I still want you to stand because we got 14 minutes here with you. Uh, so you know, hey, I can take leads, all kinds of abuse. I'm a referee for a reason. Well, th- that kind of leads me to my next question. Now, it's a two-part question. I ask every uh, independent uh, wrestler uh, associated with the business this question. And because uh, uh, it's a two-part question, nobody has answered it uh, the same way. So I'm going to put it to you, two-part question. One, let's say that uh, the WWE does call you or AEW, and they want to offer you a million-dollar contract uh, because uh, they like what you do and they like how you can get heat like I can on this show. Uh, two-part question. One, is that something that you want to do? And two, if you do get that big deal, will you not big-time us and still talk to us and still be our friend because I still have your phone number? Okay, so if given the opportunity, absolutely I would take that. Anyone who would say no either had no desire to get there in the first place or is kind of silly in my opinion. But the second part, yeah, I'd, I'd still do podcasts and stuff like this if I had the time. You know, with the WWE schedule, you're still on the road 300-plus days a year or however it is now. If they're lifting that, I don't know. I've heard rumblings, but I'm not sure. But, yeah, if I had the time, I'd absolutely do this kind of stuff. And, you know, for for anybody out there who might be an independent wrestler or whatever that that is listening in, uh, it is not impossible to happen. In fact, we had a, a girl on here, I think it was about a year and a half ago or so, uh, her name was Kenzie Page, and she uh, was her first ever interview. She'd been wrestling since she was 14. She came from a wrestling family. She was 17 years old, uh, was on our show. We were her first ever interview uh, on this show and profiled her and all that stuff. We asked her the same question, and she said, yeah, you know, of course, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, we figured out she's young. You know, we'll hear about her. Well, two weeks ago, she made her debut on AEW Dynamite, so... Just so you guys know uh, out there, it, it is definitely possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. You just have to work at it. And uh, I, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna hold on to this till, uh, till my dying day. That there is a WWE uh, writer that listens to this show. Might not be listening to it live, but listens to it on replay, because it used to be. Because uh, we don't really talk about the WWE anymore, because. You know, the product is, well, it sucks. But uh, every time we used to talk about what could happen, did happen, or if we knew what was going to happen, they changed it because they were listening to our show because we already we were already on to them because of their predictability. I really feel like they listen to everything out there. It's just whether or not they take it in and actually consider it is the actual question here. So, so as a as a referee, uh, you know you're you're basically the ring general out there. Uh, the the question is, uh, you know, we're not going to get into the whole wrestling is fake because it, it's all real to us, no matter what. But uh, do you ever have one of those situations like you go out there, you you have a match, and someone uh, you come back through the curtain, they say, "Oh, you missed the spot," or uh, "This should have happened," or "Why didn't you do this?" Does that still happen, or are you pretty much uh, uh, calling your own shots out there? I still always get those fans that are like, hey, you missed this, you missed that. And then I always have the kids that are, like, trying to give me advice as to how to do my job better. Like, eight-year-old kids, what are you going to tell me? I still (laughs) always get that. It's 
It's sometimes. The do you ever have any? Uh, do you ever have any? Um, uh, you know, grandmother age ladies uh, hollering at you and throwing stuff and saying saying things to you. Grandmother age ladies? No, I don't think I've come across. Yeah, like that Granny Holster, you know, shaking the fist <laughs> and and yelling. Hey, hey, I'm 57 years old, okay? You know, well, that's I'm why I didn't say, that's why I, I carefully tread it around. I Darling, didn't say old it, it's okay, I said, big you know, swing. It's, it's okay. I mean, it's okay, big swing. It's okay. You can be a but grandmother no. in your 30s. You know what I'm saying? You could, essentially. Yeah, so yeah, I'm just saying gra- grandmother-aged ladies. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, but no, I, 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 I get, I get pretty irate when the referee, you know, misses something and somebody cheats. I kind of tell the referee about it. I might not do that to you because I don't know you very well yet, but let me, let me see you work a few times at a show, and that might change. <laughs> She'll slap that abuse on you. Yes, yes, but I, would, but I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't throw things at you because I don't throw things, at, I don't throw anything at anybody. Because I know what I can do and what I can't do, and you know I, I know my limitations. So I've been around this business long enough. I know what I can get away with and what I can't get away with. So well, thank just God saying, that. just Some throwing that out there. Still haven't gotten that memo yet. Well, you know, and I <laughs> and I have had I have had a few wrestlers use my cane on other wrestlers at independent shows, like Tommy Dreamer. He used my cane one time before I had my knee replacements done. He used my cane. On the guy he was wrestling against in the match at TCW, so yeah. So, uh, but Chris I mean, Rogers I wasn't gonna stop here. him from taking it out of my hand. Uh, Chris Rogers, our guest here. We got about uh, nine minutes here with Chris. Now, uh, the other question I was gonna ask is, uh, you know, you're, you're, um, well, for those of you guys who who don't know, uh, and someone had brought this to my attention because I, I just got to ask a few questions. There, there's a couple of pictures on your uh, Facebook page that uh, I'm kind of curious. There's one where you're standing, uh, you know, you got your half your head shaved and you're, uh, there's this gal in the ring with black hair. Who is that? That was Melanie Cruz about three years ago, actually. Okay. Um, I'd like to try and get her on the show because she seems like she could be really interesting. And there's a, a Oh, she question. is an interesting woman to talk to. Trust me. And her name is Melanie Rose. Melanie Cruz. Oh, Melanie Cruz. Yeah, is the she same Facebook, one on AEW right now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then she probably – okay. And then the other question that we had is uh, someone had mentioned that uh, – I, I, I cannot believe this is real. This is being fed to me because they're, they're looking at your Facebook. They said there's there's one picture where you dress up like Pee Wee Herman or something. Awesome. Yes, that was for a costume battle royal. It came to me literally about two days before the show. All the workers on that show get put into a battle royal, and I just thought it would be either really obnoxious or really great to be Pee Wee Herman in that battle royal, and it turned out to be both. Everyone loved it, but at the same time hated it. It was surreal. <laughs> well, it's just like it's just like it's just like weird. Uh... I, I dig it, you know. I, uh, you know, I mean, heck, if you could, not everybody can, you know, be a tall, lengthy guy. Speaking of that, how tall are you? Six one. And and you're a referee. Wow. So are you the tallest referee uh, in your independent circuit there? In Wisconsin, yes. In the whole entire Midwest, I don't think so. I think there's one that's taller than me, but I don't remember his name because I only met him once. 
Uh, Chris Rose is our guest here. We got uh, six minutes here with Chris. So, when you know, with uh, the you know this whole coronavirus thing going on, obviously, uh, you know, shows have been postponed and uh, uh, or canceled completely. Uh, do you, have they let you know when your next show might be, and how many shows have you lost because of this? So far, I've lost, I think, seven shows, which isn't much as compared to some of the people I work with. But the next one is possibly going to be June 20th. But with the governor out here, everything being so wishy-washy, we don't know anything. One minute, it's like, oh, May the 12th, everything is going to be lifted. And then it was May 26th, and then it's back to May 12th. And it's just constantly going back and forth. Hey, so I got to ask you something. Um, my, my brother actually went to school in Wisconsin. He went to school down in Kenosha, right on the border. And uh, yeah, I, I'm Irish, you know, Irish of Irish descent, and I'm kind of a beer guy. He introduced me to a beer up there, uh, and I wanted to, to get your take because we don't talk to people from Wisconsin very often on this show. Uh, have you ever heard of a? I don't know if you're a beer guy, if you drink at all, but have you ever heard of a beer up there called Spotted Cow? Yes, it is yes. the most it is famous amazing. beer up here, pretty much. Like, we've had the Chicago Cubs awesome. come up here and smuggle it into their own state because it's literally the only place you can get it. Well, yeah, they, they don't export it. You can only buy it in Wisconsin, yeah. Exactly, yeah. In New, New Glarus, Wisconsin, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can still buy it anywhere in Wisconsin because people are... No, I know, but that's what's proved, yeah. 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 I personally don't drink, though. That's... Not my thing. Which actually well, makes me know. one of the weirder guys in the locker room because everyone's drunk uh-huh. and I'm sitting around with my cup of fruit punch or whatever the hell it may be at the time, just like, I guess this is what's happening. So, uh, with, with all the, you know, with that being said, um, do you, uh, have they mentioned to you if uh, you guys are going to make up those shows or are they just done? Those shows are pretty much just done, but so far as I know with my main promotion, Brew City Wrestling, it's picking up right where we left off in, I think it was March. God, it's been so crazy lately. I can't even remember when the last show was. And uh, so we could do this. If our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch. What do you got? I've got everything except Twitch pretty much. Everything seems to be on everything is under the Ref Junior eight five nine two tag, I think. I don't remember because I don't really check my own tag that much, but yeah, that would be about you just search up Ref Junior or hashtag Ref Lives Matter and I guarantee you'll find me in like two seconds. <laughs> Ref Lives Matter. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so uh, with that being with that being said, you know I uh, sent you a uh, I sent you a, a little uh, link, uh, or if I didn't, I'll, I'll resend it to you. But uh, you know, a lot of people would uh, you know wonder why uh, you know uh, they'd want uh, autographs from uh, referees. But if you could do that, if I could send you a, an address, you can maybe send us some uh, autographs if you could. Uh, you know, we we'd appreciate it. We uh, and I'll have Granny talk about that a little bit towards the end of the show, but. Uh, we have uh, uh, we're going to start gathering um, referees for a for a uh, a young fan of ours uh, and send them to them. So if you could do that, we'd appreciate it. 
Absolutely, I can send in an eight by five or an, yeah, an eight by ten. Awesome. So, uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, we got about uh, two minutes here. Uh, uh, to uh, all our fans out there uh, that uh, might uh, uh, be coming to see you at the show, uh, when they, when you come to the ring, what kind of uh, what can they expect when they see you? Tall as hell, calm, cool, collected. Um, right down the line until somebody tells me I'm not. But you know that's neither here nor there. And uh, usually would I you try ever to think keep it of, down the middle. So yeah. And would you ever think of uh, if uh, if the uh, if the icon can get out there and see you uh, at one of your shows because we're pretty close? Uh, you think maybe you can uh, get me in? Uh, maybe a, a pass? Maybe I could be like your uh, out ring bodyguard because you know all referees need one of those. I mean, I took Taekwondo for about 12 years, so I think I might be okay on that part. But I'll see what I can, what kind of strings I can pull to get you back. You know. Well, well, you know, the good news is I can stop a bullet once. Hmm. I mean, I'll still okay. have to see what I, what kind of strings I can pull on that, buddy. I, I, I guess insert the crickets. I guess I was I was expecting a better, better reaction with that joke. But anyway, well, he was waiting for the little he was waiting for the want want button. But I, like I said, I have, to, I have to I have to use it sparingly. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to use it every time he talks. Well, but, I'll, t- I'll tell you I'll uh, tell you what, Chris. We want to thank you for joining us. You're awesome. And thanks, uh, Chris. Uh, we would love to have you You're back welcome. on again when you, when you guys get going again. Hey, I would love to be back too. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Chris. Thank Have you. a good night. You as well, Granny. There it is. Right, so, way to go. Pin this down for the to... one, two, three. How how can you go wrong with an interview like that? That's awesome. So, uh, our next guest should be calling in here at some point. Uh, let me know when they're on, and then we can uh, get them going. Are, are uh, yeah, on? no, that, that's that's no, they're not yet. Um, I'm waiting for somebody to come through on here. Um, nobody, nobody is with us yet. It's just, just the three of us. Ba-da-da-da. You know, so. Yep. It's a good old threesome. But so you know, yeah. It, um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, uh, this. Uh, you know, this, this COVID thing. Uh, you know, it's. You know, it's. It has. You know, it, it's. It's a life changer for everybody. Uh, this is not. I, I hate to just keep saying this. It's not a political statement or anything like that. It's just. It's just semi fact that you know. Remember how everything changed after September 11th. Uh, a lot of things did change for the better. Uh, I think this is going to be another one of those steps where things are going to change, and it's going to make more people aware, and it's going to change things for the better. You know, I mean, we might not like to change right away, but eventually you'll have to get used to it. You know, I mean, this is uh, this is opening up avenues for other things like people ordering food over applica- uh, apps on their phone, people doing dinner dash and bite this and Grubhub and all this other stuff. You know? Well, you know, one thing I've noticed, and uh, we do have the other caller on the line, uh, but one thing I have noticed is I don't ever order through apps like Grubhub or DoorDash or any of those simply because I've had so many friends who have ordered from that and it says, Oh, you know, your and meal is being picked up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they're driving for like 10 minutes 
and then all of a sudden it's like your order's been canceled. So like they're they're going and picking up this food, getting free food, and just taking off with it and turning their app off. So it's just you know it's it's I I know don't trust people enough for that. But um, so Icon, it is a two oh six number. Is that what we're looking for? I do believe so. Yes, it is. All right, do your thing, ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she gives new meaning to the word kicking ass. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and the only, the gal that wears nothing but red good stuff to the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Rebel Kip. Hello, hello, hello. Rebel Cal here. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. How are you? Uh, uh, can I call you? Should I call you? Should we call you Miss Rebel, or can we call you Kel? Or Kel, uh, Kel works or Rebel. I respond to either. <laughs> all right. I, I, you know, I'm with you on that. I respond to a lot of things too, but it's usually not appropriate. But anyway, we <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say most, most of which we can't play on the radio. Yeah, so. Uh, yep. uh, Rebel Kell, Rebel Kell's our guest here. We got uh, 26 minutes here with uh, Rebel. Uh, so, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll go around the room, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the hard hitting questions. Awesome. Uh, my name's Kell. I'm from Seattle. I've been wrestling for four and a half years now. Um, I've gotten to travel. My biggest accomplishment is getting to go to stardom and I was there for two and a half months. Uh, uh, so I spent time in Japan touring all over Japan. Um, and I don't know what else do you want to know? I started wrestling because, um, I've always liked like sports. I've always been a tomboy. I've always liked contact sports. I've always been someone that like enjoys hard hitting and talking crap and not just like all played well for me. Um, and yeah, here I am today. <laughs> so now, were you one of those sisters that used to beat up on their brother? You know, I was the oldest, so I like my siblings could try to beat me up, but it wasn't going to happen. Um, I was quite mm. a bit older than them too, so you know, I was more. I, I wasn't trying to like pick on the small fish, you know. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll take that as a yes. So I'm going to tread lightly here. Uh, so <laughs> now. Uh, you know, in your in your tenure in the business, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious with the uh, uh, with uh, how you know when you decided that you were going to be a wrestler, and uh, you know you you told some of your relatives and uh, like your mom, your dad, and uh, you told you I, I can probably see how this went. Like you you told your brothers, hey, remember how I used to beat you up and you used to do it for free? Now I'm going to go beat up guys for a living. Uh, was that kind of how it went, or do they say? Why would you want to do that? Oh, they definitely at first were like, why would you want to do that? Because I uh, I just graduated from a four-year university when I decided I didn't want to have a desk job and I wanted to be a pro wrestler instead. So um, they were kind of like blown away that I just spent all this money for a college education and then decided, um, you know, I think I'm going to try this. But now my parents are like, yeah, we really couldn't imagine you doing anything else because this role does fit you. It's a character and someone that enjoys the contact. So they're just like, yeah, we get it now. And, you know, with with that being said, uh, you, uh, 
as a wrestler, uh, are, are you more of a uh, baby face? Are you a, a heel? An in between? Are you uh, what the audi- uh, audience that you're going to be? You know, uh, it depends on the promotion. I feel like I play heel a lot because I'm six feet tall, and no one wants to see the six-foot girl beat up the little girl. Like, that's just not the story they want to see a lot of times. But um, I like being a baby face. I think, like, my true personality is baby face-esque. So I, I like being a baby face. But I do know how or what and what to do and what to say to make people not like me. So, I mean, being a heel is pretty, pretty easy. <laughs> well, with that being said, uh, Granny House, Granny Hulkster, we could have a heel on our hands. We have a, uh, well, yeah, Rebel we could. We, we got, we, could. Minutes here. we got for our guest, Rebel Kill. Go ahead, Granny. Well, hello. I'm, I am Granny Hulkster. And like I said, I'm, I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a big fan, but, for the most part, Granny does not like the heels, so if you were in the heel character mode, I'm sure that I would have a lot of fun talking smack to you because even though you may be six foot tall, I've dealt with guys bigger than six foot, so I don't think I would be too scared of you. But that being said, yeah, I know, I'm totally stand up there with my, fit, with my fist in your face, you know. I mean, it's always the I little one. ones that got a little something to say. Well, you know, I, I'm five foot seven, so you know, I'm I'm not afraid. You know, I'm not afraid of people. I like to talk some pretty good smack to the heels when I have to, and I and I've been told that I do a pretty good job. So my question to you is, what has been one of your most favorite matches you've ever done in your career, and who was it against? Um, I think that my well, I have two. So my first match was my favorite. And um, that's because I had I had 40 friends and family members in that room, so they were shouting for me before I even entered those curtains. And just like being in that room was electrifying with people shouting "Rebel Kill." So that was easily my favorite. But um, also the latest match I've had, it was against Danica De La Rouge um, at Defy Northwest. I really liked that match because. Um, me and Danica used to train together and we were friends and um, I stopped training there and our friendship kind of fell out and kind of like took a turn for the worse. So when we were going to have a match together, it was like, you know, is this going to be a shoot? Like, are we going to beat the crap out of each other? (laughs) And, um, you know, neither of us really knew what to expect from the other person going into that. And I feel like because at one point we had trained together, there was, like, this chemistry there between us that, like, mm-hmm. we couldn't deny. And even though we weren't, like, really friends or maybe not really even like each other, I feel like in the ring we both just, like, it was – I liked it. I think it. we worked together well. You gave it your best, you gave it your best shot, both of you did. So oh, yeah. My other, que- yeah. My other question is um, – I know you said you you wrestle like up in the Seattle area a lot. You know, um, are there other places that you would like to go to to wrestle at some point in time if you had the opportunity? Absolutely. One of the next places I'm trying to go to is Australia, and I had talked to um, a company down in Australia that does tours and stuff, and. I had talked to them and they said, you know, in 2020, we, you know, we've been watching you. We want to bring you in 2020. And obviously 
plans have changed. So I'm still in contact with them. We're talking about 2021 going to Australia and doing a tour there. Um, I think it'd be awesome to go to Europe and, you know, wrestle there. Um, and obviously just more states too. The more I travel around the states, the like more excited to do more of it I am, obviously. Well, we have some pretty good organizations that have some female wrestlers in Arkansas. So if you ever made it to Arkansas, then, you know, I could get you hooked up with the right people. So. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be totally awesome. We'll get in contact about that. Uh, here we got about 19 minutes. Uh, and uh, Big Swing, uh, what do you got for our guest, Rebel Kell? And then uh, we're going to come to me, and I got some hard-hitting questions for you. So, oh, boy. Go ahead. Um, well, take us um... – Take us through your your ascension. So, for example, wrestling is something that, you know, we all watch, or at least most of us watch uh, as kids and things. But, you know, and we all say, oh, that's so cool. I want to do that one day. But very few people actually do it. And more and more females are doing it now, but it, it really wasn't as big of a thing for a while for them to get into it. So take us a little bit into how you got into it. What made you want to be a wrestler? Did you have anybody you looked up to? And kind of take us through the path of, of really how you got involved in all this. You know, I wasn't a wrestling fan growing up. I didn't watch a lot of wrestling. Um, oh, wow. I knew I wanted to be a pro athlete, like, since birth. I knew I wanted to be a pro athlete. Um, so, I guess when I got done with college, because I had stopped playing sports at the end of college, and I realized that, like, I'm missing my identity and my passion by not being an athlete. I realized like I needed to find this outlet still. And basically I knew I could play any sport. So I like researched and like, I had seen like, I hate to say that like total divas kind of like showed me what women's wrestling was, but that mm. kind of like sparked me at least looking into that. And I was looking at other things. I always liked MMA and boxing and always thought I kind of wanted to do that. And um, I mean, I looked into LFL, I looked into a bunch of different avenues and when I started looking into pro wrestling, I watched the match. I think it was Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, and, like, I'm tall. So, like, I totally get the storyline that they're telling here about the tall versus short person or whatever, and, like, I loved it. Like, I really liked it. So, and um, I kind of – I the first thing I did before I even stepped into a ring or anything, I bought a plane ticket to Kentucky. I went to OVW, um, met Rip Rogers, and uh, – basically told him I wanted to be a pro wrestler and um, he sent me to Buddy Wayne, which is in uh, Everett or in Washington state. And that's kind of where the journey started. <clears throat> but I didn't start watching wrestling till after I tried wrestling pretty much. I had seen a couple matches, but to say I was a fan before or it would be a lie. I was just an athlete. And now I've fallen into the love of the storytelling and what wrestling brings. Did you, um, did, well, what other, what other sports like did you play like throughout high school or college? Uh, basketball, soccer. Those were the two sports I played for like 16 years. Um, oh, wow. then I played everything else. Like, I, I mean, I've even done competitive billiards and like oh, wow. flag football and dodgeball and all that sort of stuff. So any sports so that been, I could play. You've always been a girl that would go out and like compete with the boys then and play in, in pickup Absolutely. games and stuff like that. 
Yeah. I'm talking even uh, recesses yeah. in elementary school. That that was oh, all wow. pickup games all the time. And all through, like, high school, I would be at the park, like, playing basketball with the boys, like, all day, every day. So. You see, I've, I've always hated that. Not, not playing the girls playing. What I'm saying is uh, whenever we were playing and there were girls who wanted to play, um, all of the guys would, like, basically let them score because they were afraid to, like, block them or check them or bump them or get a physical rebound or something. And I was always like, yeah. like, like, she knows what the deal is, bro. Like, she wants to – see, I, I was a basketball player. I played in high school and I played in college. So, you know, playing basketball through, you know, the competitiveness of college, when I'd come home for summer break – and one of the girls in the area wanted to play, whether she played competitively or not, I was always like, yo, she wants to play with us, bro. She's, you know, that's it. Like, you know, the only thing we can't do with her is shirts and skins. You know, other than that, she's fair game. So, I you know, still experience I like, that in wrestling, right? Like, I still experience that where guys don't want to, like, hit me hard or, you know, they take it easy or whatever. And same yeah, with basketball. Like, like, guys wouldn't want to, like, block my shot. But the quickest way to change their mind is, like, to shut them down and block their shot. And then all of a sudden they've got a pride thing going on where it's like, oh, okay, that's how we're playing? All right. And I feel like once they realize I'm I'm not afraid of that contact and I'm not afraid to play, it, it changes to a different ballgame. Uh, and um, we got about uh, 14 minutes here left with Rebel. Uh, go ahead, basically. Oh, well, I mean, the only other real thing I was going to get into was um, if you had to choose a, you know, if you had to choose a favorite match that you've had so far, um, what, you know, what, what would it be? Possibly? Well, we, we did talk about my first and most recent match, but I just thought of another one that was never aired or anything like that. And um, I was in Japan and, I don't know if you've heard of on-the-fly matches, but basically, like, there's no spots that, like, are planned at all, right? And I'm in Japan. I'm the only person that speaks English. The other three opponents, it was a tag match. The other three, or my partner and my two opponents, none of them speak English. So we're literally oh. just wrestling in there, building this storyline, and just, like, feeling each other out. Like, there was no communication well, I'm saying you're six feet tall. You probably look like Andre the Giant in Japan. But anyway, continue. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I would like, yeah. you know, go to pick them up and like, you know, they might escape or maybe I get, the, get whatever I'm going for. And it was just totally without words. We're putting on a story. And it was like the first time I realized for sure that I could like actually do that. I don't even have to talk to this person and we can feel each other out and just wrestle. And it was awesome. Wow. That was a great experience. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Rebel Kells are good, too. we got about uh, 15 minutes here, so I'm going to ask you the hard-hitting questions. Uh, first question is, uh, you know, every uh, good wrestler has a finishing maneuver, and I've seen some videos of uh, you doing some pretty hefty stuff. What is your finisher? Tell us what goes into it, and what is it called? You know, right now I use the Falcon Arrow, which is basically you lift them up for a suplex, hold them up, and then as you bring them down on the suplex, you sit out with it. Um, I saw that. Devastating. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that move. I, I've done the choke slam too, but I love the Falcon Arrow. That's actually the one I like doing. But um, I call myself the six-foot stunner, and I'm I'm really thinking I'm going to change my finisher to be – my six foot stunner. I want to do oh, like, wow. this is what I have. This is what I have planned in my head. I run towards the ropes. I do like a handstand bounce off the ropes. 
back roll, jump up, hit him with a stunner. And uh, <laughs> uh, and you guys, she's pretty skilled with the uh, with it with a rifle, so that's why I'm treading lightly. She doesn't need a restraining order; she's got a gun. So uh, we'll just move on. <laughs> now, uh, the question I the one question I have I I ask all independent wrestlers this is a two part question. Uh, I'll put it to you because no one ever answers it the same way. Uh, part one, let's say that uh, you're at an event and someone from AEW or the WWE or Ring of Honor uh, sees that, uh, you know, what you're doing and they, they, they call you up or they see you at the end of the show and they want to offer you a big-time contract. Two-part question. One, is that something that you want to do? And two, if you do get that million-dollar contract, we know that you're beautiful, and I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Uh, is that something that you would do, and would you not big time us and still talk to us? Because I do have your phone number. <laughs> no, I wouldn't big time. I swear I wouldn't big time. But that is something I would want to do. Um, although, you know, I've heard like amazing things from a lot of independent wrestlers that they love, like the freedom that they give themselves, and they feel like they're making more money on the independent scene. Um, I'm just not the kind of person that likes to like talk details of all that i would rather be on a contract and just have a steady job i guess you could say <laughs> but that is something that i would do and you do have my phone number you're welcome to keep that hit me up if that ever happens <laughs> okay hey you guys she said it here uh we just had yeah. with us about a year and a half ago uh she just uh she appeared in aew and she did not big time me and we'll talk about that later it's funny you mentioned that icon because I actually was joking with him the other day saying, cause he asked, you know, he asked that question to everybody and we had, we had a, a young lady on here about a year and a half ago or so. She's only 17 years old. She was, you know, uh, we were her first ever interview of, of anybody. Actually, she might even have been 16. She was the, was the only person that she'd ever spoken to when it came to radio and things like that. Um, and you know, she had been training and yada, yada, yada. And Icon was like, same thing. Hey, you know, if, you know, would you, if you make it big, you big time. And she was humble. She was like, yeah, she goes, if, you know, if I ever do, you know, I, I'm still a long way out and blah, blah, blah. And you know, she was very humble. Two weeks ago, she made her day her on, uh, on television debut on AEW Dynamite. So, uh, oh, it, definitely, wow. it definitely happens. It's it, it definitely something. And that was pretty cool. I mean, it's the first thing I did was call him and be like, oh my God, like blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, if, if I see, you know, you on WWE or AEW or something that I can watch here in New York on national television, um, I'll definitely be like, I got, oh, my God, we talked to Rebel, there she is, you know, that whole thing. So it, it'll be hey, pretty Hey, cool. I'm a little person, and you guys have taken the time to come talk to me. So, you know, there's <laughs> – that says a go. lot in itself, right? And, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully uh, – you know, uh, I, I sent you a address. You know, hopefully you'll be able to send us some autographs for some giveaways for our uh, our big giveaway show. And uh, uh, I, I got one other ego question to ask you. Now, uh, the icon made you a collector's card. What did you think of that? I loved it. There the, you go. The picture, yeah, I loved it. That was great. I need to repost that. I feel like I use those well, photos a lot. So, like, I feel like I'm, like, probably shoving it down people's face. But, like, I don't even care. Those are great photos, and it looks good. Well, I'll tell you what, you're free to use that in any capacity you want. It's just that if anybody ever asks you to just say, oh, yeah, this is this ego, egotistical pest I know, and, uh, and his <laughs> name is Icon, and yeah, 
So we have Rebel Kel here. We got about seven minutes here with Rebel. Uh, I, I got to ask you a couple questions about uh, some pictures on your profile on what the heck is going on in this match. There's one picture. Uh, it seems like they got you on your knees, and three girls are kicking the hell out of you. What the hell is going on with that? <laughs> That's the that like was one of my first matches in Japan. And I mean, when I was in Japan, I, I'm six foot. The the tallest chick that they had on their roster was like five six, and then other than that, they were all like five foot, four eleven, five one, five two. Um, so I was so much taller than them. The story when I was in Japan all the time was like we're chopping down Goliath. You know what I mean? And mm. I, I loved that spot. I I actually really liked. It that spot where right after they all three kicked me in the head, they all three hit me with the top rope attack. They all three hit their top rope maneuver on me. So it just was basically to set the tone when I first arrived to Japan, like this girl's big and it's going to take, you know, a lot of work to get her down. I love it. There's another picture I got to ask you about. It looks like, uh, uh, you have some uh, a rifle of some kind. Is, is that you? And uh, who are you shooting at? Who is coming at you? <laughs> you know, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you who I was shooting at. That hasn't been a solved case here, and I don't want to throw that out there yet. Um, but yes, that is me using a rifle. Okay, and wow. was that when you used, was that when you were using my autograph picture to shoot at? Was that was that the time? <laughs> Uh, maybe that was it. I can't. I can't remember. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. A lot of people shoot at me all the time. Anyway, uh, that's why I don't hunt <laughs> anymore. Uh, so uh, uh, we have a uh, rebel Kel here. We got about five minutes left. Now, uh, uh, you know, we we've been talking a lot on the show about COVID nineteen, and uh, you know, I'm uh, always asking some uh, uh, all our guests this too. Uh, with this uh, all this stuff going on, have they? Have they let you give given you any feelers on when your next show might be, and uh, how many shows have you lost because of this? Um, man, I don't even want to think about how many shows I've lost. The good thing is I've had a lot of opportunities to do well, not a lot. I'll say this is my third opportunity to do a podcast in quarantine. So, you know, if you if you get lemons, make lemonade. Um, if I can't wrestle, I at least got, (laughs) I got to do something. Right. Um, I have been getting asked to do wrestling as close as the end of June, um, in Rhode Island and in Tennessee. And, you know, I was all excited and now I'm like sitting here, I keep going back and forth. I'm like all excited to do it and get back into wrestling. And then I'm like, uh, is that a good idea? Um, you know, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I agreed to these shows. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that happens or not. But and yeah. uh, if our if our fans wanted to uh, check you out and see what you're doing, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch. What do you got? Um, I've got a. What do I have? I have an Instagram, Rebel Cal Wrestles, and I have a Twitter. I think it's. The Rebel Kel, maybe, but Instagram's my main my main thing. Rebel Kel wrestles. That's where I spend most of my time. I'm not that great at social media, so if I keep it down to one, then that works easier for me. 
Well, you know, I, I shouldn't say this, but I mean, you're perfect. You're so, I mean, you look, you look so good. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's true. You know, I, you know, uh, well, thank you. Uh, so with all, with all this uh, being said, you know, you mentioned, you don't want to mention how many shows you lost and everything. There's one other thing I want to ask you about. It's on your, it's on your Facebook page. Uh, it's like, uh, you're doing like a, I don't know, like a Richard Simmons workout or something. And it's like going like fast speed. <laughs> Can you tell yeah. me what the hell was going on there? <laughs> well, you know, we're bored in quarantine. So we like, we made like a Rocky video, I think. Are you talking about like the partner workout one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been making quite a few workout videos. We're bored, you know, um, but also we're, we're, as wrestling is not happening, I'm moving into like the online fitness sort of thing going on right now and starting like a 12 week challenge and that sort of thing. So it's kind of just getting people talking about the fact that, you know, I'm still working out in quarantine and that sort of thing. So, so, uh, I come they're Seahawks fans. Don't, don't have them try to explain themselves. Well, I, 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 got, I, I got that, but do you think uh, uh, you could be like like doing like? Do you ever would you like to release a fitness video like sweating with Rebel Kell or something or getting your ass kicked? You know, with I'm, Rebel Kell or something? I'm liking where you're where you're going with this. That's a video is not something I thought of, but I'm liking this. But like if a jazzercise almost. If you decide to do that, I want my residuals. I would love to have a cameo in that. Yeah, absolutely. You deserve one for the idea. And I know our fans would love to have you uh, stretch me and uh, torture me and, I don't know, maybe have me <laughs> run away from a couple bullets or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, hey, chokeholds and yeah, yeah and torture. I like body, that. You know, if you ever need a bodyguard, I can stop a bullet once, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got the reaction I wanted on it. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Icon? Just for just for old time's sake. Well, I'll tell you what, Kel. We want to thank you for joining us tonight. You are so awesome. And uh, uh, if uh, you can, maybe you can hook us up with uh, some of your uh, opponents. Uh, uh, we'd love to get their side of the story. Uh, and we'll still put you over like it's nobody's business. We thank you for taking time awesome. out of your schedule, and uh, and hopefully you can send us some autographs. And you're awesome, and uh, we will definitely have you on again. It's Thanks been great talking to you guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Kel. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. All right, there you go, Rebel Kel, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, uh, Big Swing, if you want to do the honors to get our next guest on, that would be. Uh, that would be really cool. Um, um, yeah, let me check my messages again. We have to call them, right? Yeah, right. And it's going to be a second, <sighs> so I cannot wait to talk to uh, – uh, you know, I, I, I talked to him a little bit this weekend, and uh, I treaded very lightly with this individual uh, just because uh, I, I watched him back when I was a kid. And I know a lot of wrestlers hate when you say that, but, uh, man, it was awesome. And he kept on telling me, hey, dude, relax. Don't breathe so heavy. It's okay. I can't reach to the phone. Oh, okay. All right. Most of the female stars he talks to say don't breathe so heavy as well. All right. We, we, yeah. uh, we go down here. Let's see. Says dialing. Okay. Oh, says, that's weird. Says call completed. 
That's strange. Try it again. Would I? It says it's not going through. Oh, hello. It says they're on, but it, it said they were on. No, hold on. I'm gonna try one more. All right. If not, I'll I'll I'll, I'll call him. I guess. Yeah, there it is. Here, here ringing. Hello. Hey, uh, Eddie, this is Icon here. We're going to go to you in about uh, 20 seconds. Are you ready? I'm ready, Daddy. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, this man is, without a shadow of a doubt, a living... (laughs) A living legend. Oh, come Ladies on. Hold on, hold on. No. Get 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 the hairball out of your throat and restart the introduction. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man that is above all else in the wrestling business. He has gotten himself over in every territory he has been in. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our buddy, Eddie Mansfield. Well, thank you, my brother. How you doing tonight? It's time Good, to Good, Eddie. How are you? Get that. I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for the intro, and you know, you finally speaking some truth. You know, you 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 speak the truth, and and I love. Hey, it's just an honor for me to be on your show. It really is. So uh, we have uh, Eddie Manfield as our guest here. We have uh, well, we have about 45 minutes here with uh, Eddie. Uh, and if you uh, if you if we don't uh, tick you off too much, maybe we can uh, do a little uh, what we call a little extra overtime. Uh, a uh, we'll ring the bell again for five more minutes. So uh, we have Eddie Mansfield as our guest. If you can give us a little background about yourself, then uh, we'll kind of do a little round robin. I'll ask you a few questions, then Granny, then uh, Big Swing, then we'll come back to me. So uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll talk to you. Well, it's, it's, you know, I've had many, many titles and, and, you know, I, I was blessed with, with being able to get over and get pretty much everywhere I ever wrestled. And I probably totally, I, you know, I, I had around 22 titles the whole time I was in the business and, um, I enjoyed the wrestling business. I really did. And, uh, you know, you've uh, you know you've uh, definitely uh, you know you've definitely uh, been uh, you know you've been in all the top locker rooms uh, in your career, and uh, uh, you know you've wrestled the best, you beat the best. Of course, the best was never able to beat you. We know that to be fact. Um, is there um, any uh, territory uh, that uh, that you say that you got over more than any other? Yeah, it'd have to be Southwest Championship Wrestling. Me and that nanny goat rider, Scott Casey. And and I, I think that, you know, we drew so much money there that there was un, we were selling out arenas when when they couldn't draw before that I got there. So Scott Casey and myself blew that thing wide open. And, you know, I'll tell you a little history. Myself and Wahoo McDaniel were the first two wrestlers to ever be on national television, nationwide, we're the first two uh, 
on a weekend, on a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, we were on a uh, TBS 605 on a Saturday. And then on, on Sunday morning, we were on USA Network from uh, San Antonio to Junction. So, that, you know, that's a little little secret there. And, and, you know, Scott Casey, when we did that hair versus hair, we, we drew the largest crowd in San Antonio wrestling history. And we held that for 11 years until they built the Alamo Dome. And a guy that I have tremendous respect for and his trainer, Jose Lothario, you know, told him to copy some of my style, which I was honored. Uh, uh, a guy by the name of HBK, you know, Sean Michaels. And um, Sean always got over, and he was really good. And, you know, it was it was – it was a good thing to do, you know. Uh, Eddie Mansell is our guest here. We got uh, we got about uh, thirty nine minutes of uh, regular time, and uh, we got uh, you know. Hopefully, we can uh, you know. Uh, we know it's late where you're at, but hopefully, uh, you you want to stick with us because we do have a lot of questions. We do have a lot of ground to cover, and uh, very little time to do it. So, uh, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna we're gonna go around the room, uh, and then I'm gonna okay. come back and. I'm going to come back and ask you some more questions. And then uh, as I'm asking those questions, uh, I'm sure more questions will come up with Granny and Big Swing. So, uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest, the legend, Eddie Mansfield? Well, hi, Eddie. I am Granny Holkster. I'm a huge wrestling fan. I, I love to watch it. I've watched it for many years. Never been a wrestler. Don't want to be, even though I've had a few wrestlers threaten to throw me in the ring a few times, because especially the heels, because I don't like the heels. But <laughs> one of my questions to you, sir, is what has been one of your most challenging matches you ever had to do in your career, and who was it against? Oh, wow. that That's a great question. Uh one of one of the most challenging matches was against uh myself and uh Tatsumi Fujinami. Um, oh, wow. that's when I was in LA, when I was in Los Angeles, and that match was broadcast on satellite uh from the Olympic Auditorium in LA all the way over to Tokyo, Japan. And wow. and we did yeah, and we we did a, a hour Broadway the first time. Then the second time I slipped on a banana, you know what I mean? And so, um, but when, when I look at that, that's, that's one of, cause it was one of the earliest satellite transmissions, you know, for wrestling in the business. And, and I was honored that they picked, you know, Tatsumi Fujinami and myself. I was the America's heavyweight champion in Los Angeles at the time. And I was it was quite an honor to, to have that. Awesome. Uh Eddie Mansell is our guest here. We got uh forty minutes of regular time, uh and then we'll do some we'll definitely go overtime tonight. Uh we're gonna keep Big Swing running the board. Uh Big Swing, what do you got for our guest, uh Eddie Mansfield, before I ask him the tough questions that'll open up some more questions for you guys. <laughs> the, the the tough questions, huh? Well, um, Eddie, you know, your era was much different, obviously, than what we've got going on here today. Um, do you uh, – are you are you sort of disenchanted with the direction that wrestling's going today, or do you think that companies like AEW and Ring of Honor and New Japan, with what they're doing, uh, instill a little bit of hope that, that WWE kind of drags out of us right now? 
Well, here's what I think that that the AEW, uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, and the, and the Young Bucks, and and those guys, uh, as a business person, I want to say that that I love their business acumen because they pulled the deal with Tony Khan, uh, whose father owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, to to put AEW. Uh, on the map, you know what? I'm, and and when you look at, at what they've accomplished, just getting the deal done was huge. And what they've done since, and getting on TNT, and and I hope they'll they'll get the other time on Saturday at six oh five and bring back the old six oh five time. That's what if I was in charge of anything for them, I would have them go back on Saturday. And do the six oh five to you know eight oh five like it, we we used to do it in Atlanta, and then come back with TNT on on you know another the, the same night, you know on another night. You know, I think it's on what Wednesday night, and so that's what I would look at. But as far as being uh, disappointed in the guys, well, every it seems like when I broke into business, the old guys really hated us. Because in the 80s, we were changing the whole business. And, I mean, we went from them guys just laying on the mat and and stuff to, to charismatic, high-flying, tickle-tackle up and down. And, and it really resonated with the fans. And that's when the Attitude Era really started was the 80s. And, and really? we, we hmm. turned it out. I mean, let me tell you something. Uh, I was moving furniture a long time before they called it hardcore. And to me, the the guy who invented hardcore was the Sheik, Eddie Farhat. And so he was really the first really hardcore guy. And that's the way I look at things. But today, let me tell you something. Give the guys the benefit of the doubt. Give them a chance. Because always remember this, those guys are not calling the shots. It's sad that you have some kind of writer out there. I couldn't envision that a writer would try to write a a scripted interview for the Continental Lover. I mean, he just couldn't envision because I'm better than he is. And when when you're actually talented, you don't ever need someone to script anything for you. You just give me the finish, and I'll handle the rest. And that's the way it should be. Get in there and, you know, do your thing and get over and go cut your promos and go get a shower, get your money, and go home. Hmm. Well, so did you feel Do you feel that um, the, the current era and this whole PG thing that they're doing is detrimental to the sport itself? Or perhaps maybe advancement to show that it's it's a little bit more you know diverse because I mean the Attitude Era is what I grew up on the actual what was branded the Attitude Era is what I grew up on between you know the Monday Night Wars between what they were doing with NWO and WCW uh, and obviously you know the days of Stone Cold and all those guys um, but back in 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 your day uh, you know you, you what you just mentioned about how it was really the Attitude Era started back then do you feel like right. The brand of wrestling that they're doing now is kind of detrimental to this, like kind of a slap in the face to what you guys did, 
Or do, do you think it is well, showing the growth yeah. that they can expand their boundaries? Well, I don't see – well, I think AEW will be the one that, that's going to set the pace from now on. You know, with, 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 uh-huh. with a second-generation guy like a Cody Rhodes or, or a Dustin Rhodes uh, and, and the uh, Young Bucks and, and guys on, on, that, on that kind of tier. But also, what Vince needs to do is get Stephanie – Triple H needs to stay behind the desk. Quit, you know, either you're going to participate or stay the hell out. And and let these guys do their own. Let them live and die on their own talent. That's what we used to do. If you can't cut a promo, I nobody wrote a promo for me. I knew who I was wrestling. I knew I, I had to fill two, two to three minutes, and I knew I had to sell tickets. Today, they don't have to sell tickets as much as we had to because they got guaranteed contracts. But That's true. Well, I mean, look, look at them now. There are no tickets. They're fighting in empty arenas right now. So, I mean, they're going to they're, they're well, exactly. well, they can't. fans there. Yeah. Well, nobody can help the, the virus. I mean, that, well, that's that, I know that, but what I'm saying is, like, they didn't just shut it down. Like, like WWE is just as profitable right now with the way of things that they're doing as when they had fans there. They just took the ticket sale money and put it into other things, merch and online stuff and whatever. But, well, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I you're exactly right. And and I, I here's here's what blows my mind is how in the world can Vince McMahon own a publicly traded company? And he has all these guys on 1099, and none of them under real contracts with with uh, where they can because uh, he's the one admitted it, it's the entertainment. He he showed everybody, and he verified that anything and everything that I said on 2020 was gospel, and it was. Yeah. And and second of all, he needs to be if you admit it, it's entertainment. Well, in the inter- I'm a television producer. That's what I do for a living. So, bottom line is, these guys need to be in SAG, where where they can have benefits of 401k, and being taken care of, where where they don't wind up crippled it, it, before they even get to middle age. And as fans, I know you guys would probably want to see that as well. Oh, of course, I I would, and yep. I love kind of what they're doing with the, with the whole video package thing, like what they did at WrestleMania with the Undertaker match, uh, and now you know I think we're kind of in the age of documentaries or docu series type of things now. Um, but I, I just I feel like I just feel like the last ten years in WWE just doesn't have that realistic touch. When I go back and I watch stuff from the Attitude Era, I watch stuff from from your day, I watch stuff. You know, it, it just it had that that grittiness to it. It had that kind of, right. you know. I know it's not like real per se, but I, it feels real. The, the the bumps were harder. The chair shots seemed harder. The you know the the overall intensity seemed more. These guys really kind of seem like like what you said joining Seg. They seem like they're just kind of going through the scripts like you're watching a play. And and I just I haven't right. I haven't been a fan I of that recent years. Well, but one you thing guys about actually seem like about, you hated each other. You know, like like these guys don't well, seem like they hate each other. Like like you got in the ring and like the guy you were fighting, it seemed like you genuinely hated him. <laughs> so, well, yeah, and and that's that's but 
separates guys that can actually draw and guys that can't. I mean, I, mm. you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, and I'm not the littlest guy in the world. I was always around 230 my whole career. And, and mm-hmm. I, I can tell you one thing. I, when I used to get my heat, I'd get my heat like a six-foot-six guy. You know, they would swear that, that, that Eddie Mansfield, the Continental Lover, was six-foot-six because that's, that's what I portrayed, that I was twice as big as I really was. And when you, when you lay the wood on and do what you need to do, people buy that. And when you start cutting those interviews and you make it personal, See, no one even makes it personal anymore. It's all vanilla kind of stuff. You got to make well, it personal to that dealer the, at home. Well, some of the big things I used to love back in the day when they were cutting promos and doing the video packages and even the in-ring segments um, was, you know, if you knew, of course, it was a lot harder back in the day to actually know what was going on. Nowadays, everyone's so informed with everything. But if, if the well, you know, you had Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer, he had all his guys giving him all the the, the stuff that to to uh, you know enhance the business. And Dave Dave Meltzer, even though he gave away a lot of secrets and exposed a lot of the business, he really helped the business, just like I did uh, doing twenty twenty. The more you get get, get fans involved, the the better your company on any sport going to be. It doesn't matter. If you get the fans liking what you do and, and keep them on the edge of the chair, they're going to love you. And that's all. You know what they're lacking today? And AEW is building it up where they have stars again. WWE let themselves get too old. You know what I mean? They, they let all the stars grow old who's really drew them billions of dollars of of revenue. But instead of kind of bu- building other people to go in and slide in, like you mentioned, uh, Mark, uh, Mark uh, as the undertaker, they needed to prepare somebody to take his spot. They knew he, yep. hey, they rode his back for, for over 20 years. Long so time, yeah. It's like with Steve Austin. Steve busted his butt, hurt his neck. Well, okay. Shawn Michaels the same way. He busted his butt and he got hurt. Okay, you have to prepare yourself. Like a football team or NBA, we're professional athletes. So, you know, we have a tendency to wear down too, because we're human. We're not we're not a machine. No matter how they think we're a machine, we're not a machine. We start to break down after so many years, and there's nothing we can do about it but but make sure that we're protected by insurance and a a 401k, and and that's that's what I look at. And, you know, I I loved what you were saying about making it personal. Some of my favorite rivalries – were ones where the wrestlers had real life animosity. I mean, case in point, you're looking at Bret Hart and uh, and Shawn Michaels. Some of those promos, and they were fucking promos. You can tell those two guys genuinely disliked each other. Um, and instead of just acting like they don't like each other in front of the camera, you can tell that there was real animosity there. And so, if there are real life guys in the back locker room that really don't kind of get along, just go inside for a paycheck. Uh, it makes for 
for some exciting uh, some some exciting drama on a microphone too. Well, yeah, it's like with Scott Casey, myself, or Ch- uh, Chavo Guerrero at L.A. I mean, we 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 kept it where we were like uh, like Casey and myself. We were we were like two uh, uh, Brahma Bulls going together. You know, when I was supposed to uh, to lose, I won. When Casey was supposed to to, to win, he lost. You see, you got to throw them curveballs. You got to keep them on the edge of the seat. And that comes from from a good booker and and working together as a team. I mean, the whole thing is team effort from top to bottom, from the first match all the way to the main event. It's a whole team effort. Uh, Eddie Mansfield is our guest here. We got um, we got uh, 24 minutes of regular time with Eddie, and then uh, we are going to go a little overtime on this. Uh, well, Eddie, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of uh, crack open uh, uh, a couple eggs here, and uh, I want to talk to you about a few things. Uh, a couple uh, programs that you were on, uh, one led to another. So uh, I'll I'll kind of I'm gonna go there. But one question I have to ask you first is, what was better, the checks that he wrote or the word he gave? Is and I'm referring to Jerry Jarrett. Well, Jerry Jarrett never wrote me a check. I never worked for him because I don't. I, I'm not into eating bologna sandwiches, and and that that just wasn't my deal. Jerry Jarrett, you know, had a tendency to let his battleship mouth overload his rowboat ass, and he would make statements that that he just couldn't keep. And him and Jerry Lawler, they were fighting like that. Uh, cats and dogs, but I never worked Memphis, and that's the reason I wouldn't work Memphis, because I'm just not in the uh, what they used to call wrestler's steak, that was a bologna sandwich. Uh, and, nope, I never I never worked for Jerry Jarrett. Now, Ron Fuller, I used to live with Ron Fuller for two years, just like I told you before. I'm the only guy in the history of pro wrestling to be a rookie of the year twice. How in the hell does that happen? Wow, that's true. Yeah, uh, one, one in Pensacola and one in Knoxville. So it's like, okay. I looked at Schultz one time. I said, hell, man, am I going to just be a rookie my whole career or what? You know? Uh, Eddie Mansfield is our guest here. we got uh, 22 minutes of regular time, and we'll do, do a little overtime. All right, so let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, first, I want to uh, do a little word association, and uh, uh, this might light a fire, and I'll understand if you don't want to talk about it. But uh, uh, let's talk about first 2020 and John Stossel. Take us through okay. what happened. Well, I had a I had a deal with ABC uh, that. I would come in and we would do a story on on you know professional wrestlers are professional athletes. I just hope everybody at home listening to this or on the road understands that professional wrestlers are great athletes. To tell you the truth, they're some of the greatest athletes in the world. But I wanted to take a billion dollar industry in the eighties. They had over thirty five territories and and you know all this they they were drawing billions of dollars and and compared this 
the way they take care of professional wrestlers to the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, and NHL. And and that's what the story was supposed to be about. So they, they, they kept prodding and prodding and prodding me to do a blade, do this. I said, but you got to promise you get my stuff over. This is why I'm doing the story. And And they always said, yes, they would do that. But as you see, they never, they wound up putting a little blip about two seconds at the end of the show about that. And he let his, you know, he's an egomaniac, that John Stossel. And I can't believe he got paid 280000 I knew he got something. But because I went to the uh, president of uh, ABC and I told him, I said, you better make sure that you drop that lawsuit against Schultz or I will promise you that I will do this afternoon at 4 o'clock a, a uh, press conference on how you screwed me. They lied to me. But it's okay. You have to accept that. Now I'm a, I'm a really television savvy, and if I don't get the uh, last edit, I, will, I don't care, you know? It's like back then, see, like now I get all the final edits except with Viceland because I knew I covered my butt with Viceland. I knew they were going to try to set me up, but that's okay. I handled myself pretty well. And I came out smelling like a rose, and the rest of them looked like the south end of a northbound mule. This is our guest here. We got uh, we got 19 minutes left with Eddie, and uh, we'll do some overtime. So, uh, you know, for those of uh, those of our listeners who are big wrestling fans, uh, you know, remember you uh, back in the day, and uh, that you are legendary. But you had, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Dr. Dave Schultz, and uh, uh, he was uh, your partner back in the day. And uh, yeah, he's, he's the one that got a raw deal on this, and uh, that led to. Uh, the episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, can you tell mm. us uh, when you uh, when they came to you to do that, uh, and uh, when you filmed it, and how long it took, and uh, take us through the Dark Side of the Ring episode that you were involved in? Well, they shot about three hours on me, and uh, I sat there and did an interview with them for uh, three hours. And, of course, they paid me, and they paid me well because I'm in a television business, and, and they know that. And so what they did is they uh, – I didn't see the, the other other side of, of – uh, with, that, with that little geek uh, – what's his name? It does uh, After Dark. That, that's oh, one of the uh, low what, – what's that little idiot's name? Yeah, James E. Cornette, the guy that talks about this. God damn, mother... That's, you know. Yeah, he's a very high... Oh, that little, that little... Let me tell you something. Hey, guys, I got to tell you a story. I don't even know Jim Cornette, but I know how he got a job. He was an arena rat one week on, on uh, taking pictures around the ring, and the next week, Jimmy Hart was running his little chicken shit ass right out of Memphis to follow Hulk to, to uh, New York, right? And he, he didn't want to leave his buddy Jerry Lawler without without a manager. So he, he took and, and gave that gimmick to uh, Cornette. 
and and it, what's so funny is he they gave him a yacht hat, right? <laughs> and he can't drive a boat. Gave him a tennis racket, and he can't play tennis, and he damn sure can't wrestle. What I you know? And Dennis Condry is a buddy of mine. I I used to I, I asked Dennis Condry, why in the world have you got that idiot? I said all he can do is run his mouth and not draw any money. I said he's like a mark. And and that's what I think of Jim Cornette. Well, he's very I mean, he's it. also very opinionated though too, you know. Yeah, but you know something? Next time I see him, I'm gonna slap that little bastard so hard I'm gonna slap his front <laughs> teeth out. And we, Ooh, let's see no. how really tough he is. Wow! Well, I'll tell you what, we we hope you do that because he won't come on our show. So, uh, uh, well, he's a chicken shit. You know what he is? I want all the fans to know this. He runs his damn mouth, and he tries to, to get you to buy his T-shirts and to buy all his BS because he's not worth a, a, a crap as a human being. He's not a, he's not a man. I don't really know what he is. I think he, here's, here's what I heard, that he, he's a transvestite, and he wears pink underwear to bed. Wow. Wow. That's what I heard. Wow. And he stole all that money. Hey, let, let's let's put out about something for true on that little bastard. Okay? I don't know him from Adam, but Rick Rubin knows that he's a thief. He stole all that money from Rick Rubin to buy that house in Louisville. That's where he got his money. So, you know, he needs to shut the hell up before somebody really, really, really does something to him. And, uh, and you know he, he's picked a fight with uh, with Vince Russo, as you know, it's pretty well documented. But Vince Russo is not gonna not gonna do anything, you know. Whereas somebody like you, yeah, might Vince do Russo something. ought to have me. Hey, Vince Russo, y'all need to book me on Vince Russo's show. Because hey, let me tell you something. I'll teach that Vince what he needs to do. And wow. hey, bottom line is that cornet that cornet's a damn joke. I mean, he really is. Icon, this is how you shoot. This is how you do a shoot promo. Okay, this is yeah, take some notes here. This is awesome. Well, I'll tell you. Well, yeah, I can tell you one yeah. thing. Hey, go ahead. Hey, I'm 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 an award-winning television producer. My brother-in-law is partners with Michael Bay for 25 years. They've done all the Terminators. They did Pain and Game. They've done all that, and I've shot all, almost over a thousand hours of television. I don't need some little wimp like that little bastard who thinks he's somebody to ever tell me anything. What he needs to do is if he if he screws with me too much, guys, so help me God, when I slap him, I'm going to take some super glue and glue his damn lips together where only he can do is talk out his ass like he does. That's what I'm going to do to him. And, uh, you know, uh, I do appreciate you doing that, and uh, we've got uh, 80 minutes, we got 30 minutes, so we we got more questions that have just come in, so I'm going to ask those, uh, get some fans' questions, text them in, but, you know, I'll tell you what, and if uh, anybody that knows Jim Cornette that's listening to this show, and or if Jim Cornette happens to hear this, I'm going to put this out here right now. Cornette, if you want to come on this show, it's an open forum. And you can retort. However, since you don't have the guts to come on this show, I don't have to worry about it. Okay, so we'll move on. You know, uh, Dr. David Schultz, a great guy, 
Uh, and uh, I'm still trying to get a hold of him. We're, we're going to get him on this show, too, because, uh, uh, you know, we I, I'm a fan of his, too. I've been a fan of his since I was, uh, you know, a uh, a little wrestling fan. Uh, I'm not uh-huh. going to say when I was, since I was a kid. But now, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, you're, uh, you know, you're doing uh, TV. I kind of want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, if you ever need an extra for any of your projects, you know, uh, Big Swing and I right. would love to come out and help you out. Well, I love that. Hey, I got I got three series. I'm in Texas, right? Uh, you know, I live in Texas, but I'm in I'm in uh, Houston right now, getting ready to uh, to to gear up a series. And as soon as that governor drops that green flag, I'm ready to go. You know, all the pre-pros done, and we're, we're ready to go. And I can't wait. And, hey, if I can find a place for you guys, I'll book you. I won't even think about it. Now, Big Swing and Grady, would you be down for that? Say I'll what? Why? Well, I, I oh, y'all, so, hey, I'll get, hey, if, if I need some extras on, on, on uh, one of these uh, three projects, I'll call you guys, and, and y'all come on down. All right. Hey, Granny, big swing you in? I'm in. Right. Hell, Granny, I, I didn't think you liked heels. I don't, but I am but I, I can talk some pretty good smack to heels when I have to. Okay. Yeah, but I have a feeling that he can talk some back to you. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. It it'll be fun. It'll, it'll be fun. I like a good challenge. Oh, good. Hey, Granny, always remember this: when you're on Eddie Mansfield's set, you're in a good place. We have fun, okay. make money, and turn out good product, and that's what we okay. do. And. And and you guys are welcome, and and I'll find what's right for you. And I'm doing one that's coming up. Uh, we're going to be shooting in Dallas. Um, it's about small businesses, and and all the. It's really a great show. Uh, it's about small businesses and how they they've helped really make America great. Is 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 when you look at how they've been hurt by this virus. And they're they're still still churning and burning. And I want to give these guys. I'm going to shoot 13 half hours, but I want to I want to give some of these guys all over uh, some pub that that where people can come and visit their restaurants, their places of business. You know, from from the American Hat Company to to American Feathers. So it's American made stuff, guys. We're going back to doing you know. We need to highlight uh, America more and show people that, hey, everything in America is doing just fine. That's right. You know, uh, you got to be proud of American. Hey, I don't give a damn what if you're Democrat or Republican. I always tell, because uh, we do a lot with the Wounded Warriors and a, a lot of other other vets. Hey, one thing about it, when they go over there and fight in any country, it doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't say Democrat or Republican on that on that uniform. It says the United States of America. And people got to remember that we're all Americans. And, and during this time, we got to stick together. We need to do it all the time. We need to stick together. I don't give a damn who you vote for. I'm not going to hate you because you voted for somebody. It's 
it, that's what makes you an American. You can vote for who the hell you want to vote for. But you need you need to get behind you need to get behind these small businesses in America who need the help and support them. You know, instead Amen. of going to a uh, instead of going to a uh, a chain restaurant, you go to a mom and pop and help them out because they'll damn sure appreciate it. Awesome. I do that all the time. I do that all the time up here in Arkansas where I live, Eddie. There's a little place called Sunset Grill that I've known uh-huh. the owners. It's a family-owned business, and I supported them all along. I mean, they finally were able to um, open back up to start letting people come in for inside dining. But oh. while they were closed where they could only do curbside service and delivery, right? I supported uh-huh. their restaurant three or four times a week all during this, this, you know, pandemic thing. You know, God bless you because you know something you're, you're, that's what America's about us helping everybody, you know, everybody. We, we need to support the small businesses in America and make sure they stay here because yep. without the small businesses, let me tell you something, America will not run correctly. Because the small business has heart and soul, and they mean a lot to this country. Uh, Eddie Mansfield is our guest here. We got about uh, seven minutes of regular time, and we have uh, we're going a little overtime. Uh, Eddie, there is one date I want to ask you about, and uh, it's kind of synonymous with you. And I may not have the date exactly right, but uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But it's the it's one of the days where I became a big fan of yours. Let's see if you remember okay. what happened. Do you remember what you did uh, September 26, 1981? Do you remember what happened on that day? Well, is that is uh, – I may have got – did I get a, a hope to a cowboy? What did I do? No. Uh, something, something happened with Eddie Gilbert that day. Oh, what was it? You won the, you won the television title. Oh, I got you. That's right. In Tampa, you're absolutely right. That's one day after my birthday. I'm a, my birthday was September 25th, and so that was one day. And you know something? I didn't even want the damn belt because I always believed that I could draw money without a belt. But that's okay. They, I, I was blessed to have it, and I, and I tried to represent it the best that I could, and. It it was just the way it was, you know. You know, I was going to ask you about that. You know, some 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 wrestlers are are different in that aspect. You know, there's like, uh, and I'm not just saying this because you. I always thought that you you were great without a belt. You didn't need it because those that uh, uh, there's guys that can do their talking without a belt. Like Roddy Piper was one of those kind of guys. He didn't need it. Oh yeah, Piper was great. You You didn't need a title. But when you uh, found out that, uh, you know, you were going to compete for the title and you won the title, uh, did you like, well, geez, this is great, but I don't need it. Did you you feel any different after you got the title compared to when you didn't have the title? Uh, Yeah, my bag was heavier. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And so... How long did you hold that title? <laughs> Hell, I don't know. Until Wahoo came in. I think I was there like 
six, seven, eight months. And then Wahoo came in, and J.J. Uh, Dillon, who's not really one of my fondest people, you know, and and uh, and Wahoo's just passing through the territory. Then that's when I knew I was working an angle with uh, Jerry Briscoe, and and I had we had a great angle going, and Jack Briscoe I just love. Jack and Jerry I really have a lot of respect for. But Jack and me were really close. He was a lot older than me, and he took good care of me. But I can tell you what. So Wahoo McDaniel told me this was in Miami Beach. He, he, uh, J.J. wanted me to drop the belt to Wahoo. Wahoo says, are you nuts? He said, this guy just drew m- millions of dollars in Texas, and I'm, on, I'm going to Charlotte, and you want him to drop a belt to me? And I looked at J.J., and I told him, I said, no problem, J.J., I'll drop that bell tonight. And I said, I'm going to give you my notice right now because I'll be leaving first thing in the morning. And he said, well, you can't do that. I said, the hell I can't. I'll do whatever I want to do. You just told me to drop a belt to my ex-booker in San Antonio who told you not to do it. But I said, hmm. you know something? It's okay, J.J., it's time for me to go anyway. I stayed here too long. You know, one time I told I told Bob Geigel. I'll tell you a story. It's really funny. I told oh, Bob Geigel. I remember Bob Geigel. Do you? Okay, well, let me tell you yeah. a story about Bob Geigel. So I went into Kansas City, and Harley said, can you come in for a couple of weeks? I said, yeah. And so I went in. And, I, and, and you know, me and George Wells were working a program. And so I got my check, and I went to the office. I said, shit, hell, I can't even, that ain't in my beer tab, right? So I went, to the, I went to the office, and I said, hey, Bob. He goes, hey, Ed. I said, Bob. I said, I love Kansas City. The people are great. The barbecue's just wonderful. And I said, if I'd have brought more money, I could have stayed longer. I said, so you have a nice day. I'm out of here. Now, when you uh, when you told him that you were leaving, of course, there's no way that you were going to let him stop you. But did he say, well, if you stay, I'll, I'll do this, or we'll do this, or did he did he make any kind of like uh, like? No, he was so stunned. He was so stunned by what I just told him that he didn't say shit. Uh, the on, on the other uh, on the other desk was that that fufu guy Terry Garvin, you know. He had he's always lighting the slippers, trying to pick up little boys all the time, and so oh, wow. like, you know, well he is sick, sick, you know, kind of like Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson the same way with WWE, you know. Uh, I knew and, Pat Patterson, and I knew those guys when I was on the West Coast. And uh, I heard I heard Roy Shire, he he cussed Pat out one time. He said, "You gonna kill my territory? You quit talking to all them little, little gay boys, and you you start talking to girls, or you gonna kill my territory?" That's exactly what he said. That was at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, hey, you talk about Florida. Let me tell you this. I'm gonna tell you a go story ahead. you're gonna love. All sure. right, it's me and Terry Funk. So me and Terry, 
we rode down together and we're we're talking about Texas and you know how well we did in Texas and you know how much money we were making and all that. And then we got in there and we, we got got undressed, putting our boots on and he looked at me and he goes, Hey Fast Teddy I go, Yeah. He says, Was your check a little light? I said, Why hell yeah it was a little light. I said, I, he, he, he might as well not even wrote the check. And about that time, Dusty Rhodes came in the door. And and Terry Funk looked up, and he goes, Fast Eddie, there's the cow that ate all the cabbage right there. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my. That, that is awesome. Uh, well, so what, that's a good one for you. Uh, we're we're in overtime now, uh, real quick. Uh, Big Swing, how much time we got in overtime? Well, I mean, the overtime technically can go for another hour, but I mean, it you know, I they're they're gonna kick us off pretty soon. But I mean, well, we we can go an okay amount of time. It depends on what you want to do. Okay, all right. Well, uh, Eddie, can you stick with us for a little while longer? Are you having fun with us? Yeah, I can have some fun with you. Let's all right. go. So, so you know, you you know, you mentioned uh, all the different territories that you're in, and you know, you got over in every single territory that you're in, no matter what it was. And uh, we know this, but uh, with uh, with that being said, you know, in the current the way the current project is, let me ask you this: Is there any current wrestler? Uh, that you uh, would like to uh, that you would like to wrestle that you could have a good match with, you think? Oh yeah, there's there's numerous ones. Uh, you know, uh, I would say uh, okay. Let's just just name the uh, the outfit where it's WWE. You know. Or whoever, you, you you name that, and I'll tell you who I think I'd have a great match with. All right, well, let, well, let me name a few. Uh, and uh, this is uh, uh, this is old, uh, old and new. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'd have a dynamite match with him. The Rock. I'd, I'd draw a lot of money with Steve, Steve Austin. The Rock. Oh, piece of cake. Triple H. I mean, I... Ooh. Triple H? Nah. nah. He's too much of a hero. <laughs> well, well, there is there is words, though, Icon. There is there is a, a, a general consensus that any of those big-name superstars are going to give a good match, really, no matter who they face. But when you look at... Guys like him, I mean, like he just said, Triple H, too much of a heel. You have a heel and a heel, nah. You look at maybe the all-time, and I want to say all-time here, maybe is dating me a little bit. Again, I was born in 88, so maybe this is dating me a little bit when it comes to all-time. But all-time babyface, if you were to get in the ring with John Cena. No. It'd be The Rock or Dusty Rhodes. Um, uh, even Cody Rhodes. Um Really, over over a guy like, huh? Yeah, over yeah. Uh, Cena, Cena really, to me, uh, Cena, and I I don't want to talk about John because I, I think he's going to have a great movie career, and I I think he he busted his butt for for Vince, 
but uh, now I could have a good match with him because I could. Let me tell you something. If if I if I had to, I could have worked with a broomstick. So I just I to me I I could have had a great match with him. I I shouldn't knock him, and I'm not and I'm not knocking him. Believe me. Um, I just think I could have had a great match because I'm a bump guy. And with certain guys, you got to take bumps and really get your heat strong. And, and there's just different ways you, you work. You know, uh, you work with them for the, with their strength, not their weaknesses. And that's what a lot of guys are going wrong now. They're trying to get themselves over, and uh, they're too worried about that instead of having a great match, and that, that match will get you over. It takes two to tango, brother. I mean, if you're going to dance, you got to dance to dance. And walk the walk and talk to talk. How about, uh, how about Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens. Um, boy, I really like him more as a heel, uh, not as a baby face. See, I was a heel my whole career, guys. got to understand that. And so uh, I look at things, uh, no, he's not my, he, he doesn't have enough fire for me. Uh, I got to have a baby face that's got fire. Like if, okay, if I got Steve Steve Austin, I I can I can be getting heat on him and he can make it come back. He's got fire. You see what I mean? Okay, even with John Cena, he's got fire. But you got to have a heel that that can really call that fire. Tell him when to fire up. And when when you fire up, boy, you got to fucking pound the guy. And boom, 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 build him out. Take take a few big bumps and have the damn crowd going whoa. How about uh, how about Edge? Oh boy, Edge. Hmm. Um, well, he's kind of turned more working more like a heel than he would a baby face. But but I could have yeah, a good night. Yeah, Superstar was a big heel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you know, then 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 you take a guy like Scott Casey. I drew millions of dollars with Scott Casey. He looked like the Marlboro Man. Every every woman in the world loves Scott Casey. That's awesome. Uh, Eddie Manfield's our guest here. We got uh, well, we got about uh, uh, maybe uh, ten minutes or so left here. Uh, so, um, uh, uh, Eddie, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out and see what you're doing, uh, if they wanted to. Uh, you know, keep up with your projects and stuff. You got a Facebook, you got Instagram, you got YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Yeah, Twitter, I do, got... I do. I got a little, I got a little Facebook going, and then uh, I got a LinkedIn, Mansfield Entertainment on LinkedIn, and then you know, with all these shows, I have a, I have a, I also have another show called Mouth and Off, uh, the only sports show that counts. That that has a Facebook, and then we have, uh, you know, another. Website fix it's in the, in the process of being built. All these, all my shows, I build a different. You know what I mean? Uh, a website for them where I drive people to them, and 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 the stars of, of of those shows. Then that way I get them. I get everybody over the way they need to be. And so, but if you want to look up look up Mansfield Entertainment on LinkedIn, you can see all the stuff that I've done. Some of it. I haven't. I haven't listed half of it, but but I can only list so much. They only let you list so much, you know. And I'm not one to tap myself on the back, you know, because I I'm just good at what I do, and I love I love 
doing television. I really do. Now, my brother-in-law, he's great at doing movies. My wife happens to be one of the top producers in the country as well. So I'm really blessed to be surrounded by an entertainment family, which is which is really nice. So, uh, and, and don't you think it, how, how cool it would be if you could uh, surround yourself with the icon and big swing, too? Yeah, well, I told you, man, when I get to shooting, bring your ass on down to the set and we'll get busy. I, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm, def, I'm definitely going to take, uh, take you up on that. The only thing I ask, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't uh, command too much money, just a couple hot dogs, and, uh, you know, let me, uh, let me carry your bag. Hey, look, we, hey, let me tell you something. I have some of the best catered food I, from the cookie jar. Let me tell you something. So, she, uh, Josie cooked some of the best meals. For breakfast, you know, lunch and dinner. Oh my goodness! Hey, she's so good at bringing tear to a glass eye, brother. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's good stuff. And you got to have fun in life, man. It's all, hey, this is no rehearsal. It's no this is no dress rehearsal. You got to enjoy it, love it, and get her done. You know what I mean? You and know, if you ever is. had, and if you ever had any movie or TV things wrestling related at, for like independent wrestling shows or whatever, Granny would be your number one super fan because that's what I have been told that I do best. I have been referred well, to as a I don't super know, fan. I don't know if shows. I'm going to be. I don't know if I'm going to be doing any more wrestling stuff. Say the truth, because my agenda is not on wrestling right now. Uh, well, my agenda that. is I got another agenda And so I've already done A bunch of damn wrestling shows Granny where were you <laughs> Well obviously not around When you were doing them but that's okay <laughs> where, where are you from Granny I live in Arkansas now But I'm originally from Kansas That's why I was so familiar when you mentioned Bob Geigel and Harley Race Because I lived right. near Kansas City for many years you know, hey, I got a good friend of mine who you need to get on your show. And he's in uh, Houston, Texas. And I and I can line that up for you. That's a grappler. You remember the grappler, Lenny Denton? I do. You know, beat me if you can. Yeah, I love yeah, you. Yeah, Lenny. Yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up with Lenny. And... Uh, let me tell you something. Lenny's great. He he was great in the ring. He's a great person. You know, I when I was in the South Championship Wrestling, I used to uh I used to uh sell out his dad. His dad had a bunch of towns with Southwest and we used to sell them out for him all the time. And uh, his dad I love and Lenny Lenny Denton's probably one of the greatest guys that you'll ever have on your show. And uh, him and Piper, they used to, the, him and Roddy Piper, you know, were together a long time. And Roddy gave me my first break in Los Angeles. He passed the torch to me and said, hey, Ed. He said, and he laughed. The only, like, the way, only the way he can laugh, right? And so so he, he looked at me and he said, guess what, Ed? I go, what? He said, well, you're fixing to work your ass off more than you've ever worked in your life. And when you got to, when you get your paycheck, you're gonna think you got cheated. 
And that's exactly what he told me. I'll never forget that. And so me, me and the Piper, we hung out. We used to do a lot of stuff together. And and Lenny can tell you a lot of great stories with him and Piper and other guys. But Lenny's, Lenny's such a, you know, he was a master craftsman in the ring. And he was really, really good at what he did. He was good on the stick. And he's a pretty damn good comedian, tell you the truth. And so that that's some great stories you can go into. Well, you know, I'll tell you, um, you know, you were you were my hero back in the day and uh but I'll tell you what though, my ultimate ultimate, the guy I always looked up to was Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean it was my father's favorite. Uh it was he was my favorite. You know, it, even though he was a heel... Damn, you hurt my feelings. It. You got to look up to Roddy Piper, not Eddie Mansfield. What the hell is wrong with you? I looked up to both of you. Yeah, damn, Roddy Piper. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> See, I'm trending... Let me tell you, hey, let me, hey, I'll tell you a story about me and Piper. So, we just got back. I, I can't remember where we were. We came... I want to say it was Ventura somewhere. And uh, it, it was Johnny Rods was with me. You ever heard Johnny Rods? Yeah. Yep. I well, anyway, he's a, I think he's a Hall of Famer. But anyway, he used to come in at Los Angeles and work his job roof. So we had we had two two girls with us and we're sitting at a table and Roddy just finished eating and he comes by and says, Hey, I'll see you later and I swear to God and, and we were in a place called Zucky. Had, you know, named by uh, after Zuckerman had big windows. It was a it was a historical foundation place, right? It's still there. It's a bank now, but they can't tear. They can't take the sign down because it's let. You know, it's a historical monument. So anyway, so we're eating and we're we're carrying on. And I swear to God, I turned around and there's Piper pulled his pants down, stuck his ass at the window, right? And I'm dying laughing, and Johnny Rod is going, he didn't know what to do. He, he was in panic mode, right? He thought those girls were going to see it, and I turned around, and I'm laughing so hard. And they were saying, what are you laughing at? I said, you can't see what I'm laughing at? And I turned around, and he vanished like the ghost. He's gone. He's like, he he was a lot of fun. You know, he, he was a crazy from a gun. Like, yeah, his, uh. Well, you know, his son, Colt, is a good friend of mine. and uh, Oh, is he? He's a great guy, oh, yeah. Colt. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we had him on, uh, I don't know, about a year ago now. And uh, he, he told us that story. Uh, it was a heartbreaking story to me how when he was in the ring uh, with his dad and uh, Hulk Hogan came down and uh, he had to get him out of the ring. He protected him, got him out of the ring. Then he did his attacking. You know, that's the thing about that was the thing about Roddy Piper, though. He's like he was like a heel all his life, but you never knew it. You know, it's like because everybody loved the guy. Like we love you. I mean, you were a heel. I never, I never thought he was a heel. I just thought he was like, man, he's just an ass kicker, man, that people don't like for some reason. Right, and 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 you know something. You know, when you're a heel, or, uh, your whole life. I mean, I I made my whole career doing that, and so. But outside the ring, I'm a nice guy. But what I do for a business, I have to. I have to do that. You know, I was good at putting asses in seats, eighteen inches, 
you know. Now we had some wide ass women sometimes. You know what I mean? So not not every every seat was eighteen inches. You know, some <laughs> some were like twenty four five. But you know, I don't want to point no fingers. You know that you know they need to go on that that Marie Osmond diet. You know, I don't want to say that. So, but it, it, it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with wrestling, and and you know. So I just wish that that the guys were treated better than, and since I've I've done uh, that, that I did uh, twenty twenty, you know, probably four hundred guys have died, and two of them we could two hundred we could have probably saved. Right. And and I, you look at you look at Marty Gennetti, right? His ankle. Well, he's he's rather been bone to bone. How come uh, Vince McMahon doesn't fix fix his ankle? Because he a a quarter ago he he brought in him and Shawn Michaels brought in as the Rockers sales of over a million bucks, and Marty Jannetty got all of twenty five hundred bucks. All right, now you, you look at Kamala. Well, you look at Kamala. Here he is in a wheelchair because he he, he he lost both his legs. How come Vince McMahon can't put him in prosthetics or somebody do it, you know, and and get him up on his feet just like he drew your money? He didn't throw you money in a wheelchair. He drew you money standing up on his own two hind legs. You know what I mean? It's like, this is wrong. Well, you know, I'll tell you. You know? When you were wrestling, there was one tagline that I'm surprised that they never do. It was actually a tagline I invented. Uh, a tagline for your career when you were wrestling, we'll show you the whole seat, but you just need the edge. Right. Exactly. That's the same thing. True. That, that, that's that's what they did. I remember you know, one time what, I was at a... I remember one time I was at a legend show in Harrison, Arkansas, and Cowboy Bob Wharton was there. And I was booing him and just talking all sorts of smack. And he just stopped right in the middle of the match. And he stomped his foot and he put his hands on his hips. And he says, Granny, I thought we were friends. I said, we are. He says, then why are you booing me? I said, because you're not being a very nice boy today, Bob. (laughs) I thought he was going to bust gut laughing because I just totally threw him off his game. Well, you know. You know, Granny, I don't know if you really threw him off his game or he's he just buying time. He could it's have been like, buying time, he, you know, but, but the yeah, expression you know, on his face, you, if you're, the, if you're a good deal, face was priceless. Oh, I'm sure. And um, I'll never forget when we had the Knoxville Wars up there, when uh, Root, Orton Jr., Malenko and all them were trying to steal uh, Ron Fuller's territory. Ron flew flew to L.A. to get me to come back to Knoxville to team up with David Schultz, right? And to help them, you know, save the territory, which we did. And uh, that was a stupid-ass move on my part because I should have stayed in L.A. And, uh, you know, I had a guarantee going in there. But I never got any. It, they, they they never. 
he, he, he wasn't a man of his word. That's the only problem I have. It wasn't Ron. It was his brother, Robert. You know, and so we always had a problem with that. And uh, and I still do to this day. I, 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 I left being on top in Los Angeles, California, to go and help Ron, who, who, who actually helped me. That's the only reason I did it, because he helped me when I first started in the business. And I paid back the favor. And we saved his territory, and so be it. And from there, I went on to do bigger and better things. And, you know, I can't look back. You can't live in the past, guys. You got to live in the future. You know, you talk about the past because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. But you can't live your life in the past. You got to keep moving ahead. And and like tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and we're going to have a great day. I'm gonna. I got a lot of business to do, and I got I got deals to make, and and things to do. You know, it's a happening world. You can't. You know, this is no. I always tell people this is no dress rehearsal. So put on your best face, have a great attitude, and say in that mirror every morning when you brush your teeth, "Hey, I'm a winner, and I'm gonna stay that way." And that's the way oh, to do it. That is awesome. Any math tools our guests here? We got uh, well, we got about uh, two minutes here left. We're going to wrap this up, but you know, I'll tell you what, Eddie, you're you're awesome, and uh, uh, you know, I, we appreciate you coming on with us tonight. And uh, you know, I know we kept you a little longer than we promised, but uh, uh, for those that are listening right now, I just want to let everybody know you can find out who we're going to have on next week. You got to go to our, uh, you got to go to our Facebook page, Off the Ropes, to find out. Uh, because uh, no more free giveaways. You have to check out and read to see what we're going to do. Uh, and uh, eventually, uh, I'm going to get a hold of him, and we're going to have uh, a guy I think you know real well, uh, Dr. Dave Schultz. We're going to get him on with us. And uh, we got a lot of uh, other people coming on the back burner, so uh, uh, keep tuning in. Well, and, I tell you uh, what, you gotta, you got to get – the grappler on. The grappler, man, I love the guy. And he'll tell you some stories about him and Piper that 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 it'll make your ears blow back, you know? So it's like Well yeah, if you can get me hooked up with him, uh, we would uh we would appreciate that definitely. Well as soon as we get off the air I'll hook you up, Bubba. Awesome. Okay. And then uh hopefully if you can uh, hook us up with some autographs too for our, our big giveaway events. We would appreciate that as well. Well, you consider that done. I mean, it's it, you know, it, it, I'm I'm more more than happy to do whatever I can to help you, help your show, and help your you know your listeners. And I I just want to say that to all the fans out there, I really appreciate all the good times and the bad times we went through together. And I appreciate you listening, and and thank you for loving professional wrestling because it's going to be just fine, guys and girls. Don't worry, it's going to be just fine. Believe me, give the young guys a chance, and, and you'll uh, be good. And the other thing is, uh, you know, uh, like I say, when you start uh, producing again, uh, big swing, and I'll find a way to get down there. 
and uh, we'll do whatever you want us to do. Uh, I'm better at carrying bags than uh, Big Swing is, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm producing now, guys. Just to let you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm ready to go. We're we're getting ready to get geared up, and I I got a show that I'll probably bring you guys on, and I think you're gonna love it. So, and uh, the uh, only thing is, the only thing is trying to pull me and Big Swing away from that catering table that you were talking about. Well, you know, so we. Well, you, this ain't no all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet, you know. You know, you gotta, you gotta just do a push away because you know you're not supposed to eat Chinese food now. It kill you. Right. <laughs> yeah. That ki- that right. kill my whole gimmick, man. I mean, I can't <laughs> go eat Chinese buffets no more. I'm done. I won't go. You uh-huh. know, yeah, you just you can't you can't support people trying to to kill you. There you go, man. That's what's sad. You know, I mean, it's just sad. You know, they they here they are trying to kill all call uh, all of us. You know, we hadn't done a damn thing to them. That's true. That's true. So and that, uh, and that well, was said you. in my nicest. That was said in my nicest ill voice that I could ever say it in, baby. <laughs> and. Uh, Real quick here, uh, before uh, before we head off the air, there, uh, if you uh, uh, if there is anybody uh, now that would challenge you to a wrestling match, what would you say to them? Well, number one, they don't have enough money for me to go get back in the ring. Number two, <laughs> <laughs> why in the hell would I want to do that? I, I've already I've already given my blood, sweat, and tears. I've been I've been stabbed seven times. Let me tell you something. I have no. Why would I go back in the ring? Well, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I, I mean, I, well, I was, you know something. I mean, there for what? I I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I'm award winning damn a television producer. Why would I want to go <clears throat> get back in the ring? And, and get go. get treated like a second get get treated like a second class citizen. I don't I I, no, I don't I, hear you. I don't wish for I don't wish for things like that. Well, you know, you I'll know? tell you what though, I, I would like to I would like to see you make one more public appearance, uh and get in the Hall of Fame. I think that would be awesome to see you in the Hall of Fame. Well, you probably need to call call Johnny Mantell and some of those guys that run that Hall of Fame. And see if that that they they're not going to put Eddie Mansfield in the Hall of Fame. They should because I drew more money everywhere I went. I was successful, and they try to erase my record, which which I think is asinine because I did uh, I worked my hand off, and I, I just think it's just the wrong thing to do. But you know you know you have a lot of jealousy in in that business. And they have a lot of stinking thinking. And as long as they have stinking thinking, they'll never have SAG. They'll never have a 401k. They'll, 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 they just won't have squat. You know what I mean? And then they'll, they'll die before they reach 50 years old. Because you can't do what they're doing today and think you're going to survive without health insurance and a 401k to pay for all these injuries. 
You know, I said, I said on, I, I said on, on one interview one time, I said, guys, think about this, and then we're gonna cut this off. But the bottom line is this: What if one of these divas, whether it's uh, Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch or or one with AEW or whoever, it doesn't matter who it is, all right? They get pregnant. And and they have a child. You know who pays for that? They do. And they pay for that child, even though they've, they've drawn that company millions, multi-millions of dollars. And they still pay for that. That's a hardship. And then they're going to probably tell her, tell them uh, that, hey, you got to look a, a certain way before you come back. You see what I mean? Instead of like other business, a real business, that says, okay, we welcome you back when you, you know, after six or eight weeks or whatever. Yeah, you can say it's a wrestling business, but it is a business. It's show business. Without the business, there's no show. But you, but in show business, they treat everybody like a human being, not like a second-class citizen. That's what I'm trying to say, and and that's it. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody. Eddie Mansfield's our guest here. Uh, we had him on. As a matter of fact, we had him on for the longest time of any guest in history on the show. We had him on for an hour and 15 minutes. Never happened before. Probably never happened again because Eddie is the man, and we love Eddie Mansfield. So uh, uh, I'm going to try and uh, – get a hold of uh, Dr. Dave uh, this week, uh, and uh, he can come on the show and uh, operate on us and uh, put us straight, and uh, we appreciate all you do, and uh, when you get filming again, you have my number, I'll uh, get you hooked up with Big Swing and myself, we'll come help you yeah, out. Yeah, that'll, uh, that'll be wonderful. We hey, love you, and, man. And Thank guys, you. Hey, guys, I just want to say before I say goodbye, Sure. thank you so much for for having me on your show and you guys have done you guys do a great job and and i'll I'll be available for you anytime you need me take care and god bless you and god bless your fans okay have a good night bye-bye you as well thank you and we are already way over so we're gonna see you guys next monday check it out once again eddie man Dead man walking. You've done it now.